This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. All right, today's Wednesday. It's June 17th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. An arrest warrant has been issued in connection with the murder of a transgender woman found near the Schuylkill River last week. The warrant was issued for 36-year-old Akhenaton Jones, who was a male acquaintance of the victim, uh, who was 27-year-old Dominique Remy Fells. Fells was found June 15th near Bartram's Garden with a stab wound and both her legs severed. Some close to Fells told 6ABC that in the recent days before the murder, she had been seen fighting with a male acquaintance. Police have not released any details about the investigation, including if they think this was a hate crime. Transgender activist Tatiana Woodward said she is fielding calls from people within their community who are in fear after hearing about Fell's murder. It's a sensitive time in the world right now, period, said Woodward. Right now, as a black trans woman, I'm upset. Additional details surrounding the arrest were not immediately available. Law enforcement officials say they hope that Jones will turn himself in before they are forced to take action to go and find him. <laughs> Philadelphia Health Commissioner Dr. Thomas Farley had a strong warning for businesses specifically concerning outside dining during the city's Tuesday afternoon press briefing on the coronavirus following the rules uh, or risk being shut down. Dr. Farley called outdoor dining an area of concern. It's been 11 days since Philadelphia and the entire southeastern Pennsylvania region moved into the yellow phase of Governor Tom Wolf's reopening plan. One of the big changes from red to yellow meant restaurants could offer outdoor dining. Philadelphia, however, waited a week longer than the rest of the region to resume outdoor seating at restaurants. Farley said since Friday, he's received reports of restaurants not following the city's safe mode safety checklist. He added that he saw this himself. The general safety checklist includes eight items. So it's obviously wearing masks, um, which they say will block the virus from spreading from an infected person by wearing masks and requiring others to wear them. Barriers use sneeze guards or uh, plexiglass screens to prevent respiratory droplets expelled by infected persons from reaching each other. Isolate. Keep people who might be carrying the virus safely away from others, ideally at home. Distance. Maintain space between people to reduce the chance that one infected individual will infect others. Reduce crowds. Obviously decreasing the number of people that an infected person could pass the virus on to uh, others. And then hand washing. Reduce the spread of the virus from one person to another from touching contaminated surfaces. Clean. Remove respiratory droplets that may contain the virus from surfaces that people may touch. And then communicate. Ensure staff, customers, and others taking part in permitted activities understand this safety checklist. You know, Kathy, they used to have smoking sections at restaurants, have an infected section. Infected right. section? Right? Oh, Preston, right? Let's hear the man out. They can show up, with it and they, 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 they greet you with the menus, infected or not. Right. Infected, please. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, you go. I mean, they kind of had that at some of the area hospitals when people were coming in with yeah. coronavirus. I mean, they were completely separate from... The rest yeah. of the patients. Where my mom was staying in this uh, uh, this uh, assisted facility, so it's a living facility for the time being while she was going through some rehab, they mm. they had a section that was dedicated for that, you know? So, but, and they, they, they did the right thing because yeah. you saw where they didn't do that, how it devastated some Absolutely. of these nursing homes. Is your mom home yet? Uh, Friday. 
Oh, wow, good. that's Finally, awesome. Oh, yeah, is fun. she, like, so excited? Oh, my God, yeah. She yeah. At this point, she's, she's probably also... an international businesswoman on her grand pad or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's oh. been loving that thing. <laughs> she's also scared She's she's uh, because, you know, she doesn't know how she's going to be physically around the house again. So she's still right. recuperating a little bit. So yeah, yeah. We'll Farley asked city residents if they see a restaurant violating the safety checklist to not eat there and to report the location to 311. Farley said the city wants to help restaurants who have been hit hard during the pandemic, but owners have to to conduct their business safely. The city health commissioner said while outdoor uh, outdoor exposures are less risky than indoor, the virus still can spread when ple- people are close together and not wearing masks no matter where this is taking place. A lot of businesses are just being really inventive about the way they adapt. I don't know if you saw the viral picture going around yesterday. It was of a gym that actually they hung up basically like they had like shower curtain cubicles oh, really? with like benches and, and the people were working out in these protected areas and it was fine. <laughs> but it was just, it's like, that's actually pretty brilliant. Yeah, Everyone had their own, because you, you, you take up that space anyway when you're working out. They just, you know, surrounded it with yeah. this acetate. I saw one of the nail salons that I go to uh, put a picture out on Instagram and they they basically said, we are ready to go. They had the yeah. plexiglass for a pedicure and a manicure over all of the stations. And I was like, oh, all right, okay, can we make appointments yet? And honestly, that's essential for getting people to feel comfortable about comfortable getting back. That, yeah. If you do that and play along, you get the businesses up and running and everything starts to go the right way. Right. So. so Farley said that they will be enforcing the rules for restaurants that have outdoor dining. The health department will be visiting the restaurants and issuing warnings. If the owners refuse to comply, the department will seize the operations of the restaurants. For, for a while, though, I'm sure you saw the videos, Preston. They, they were being put out. A number of people were doing them where the, where the waiter would come out to the table and just throw the tray of food over the purse. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> the ATF is investigating loud explosions that have been vibrating across Philadelphia the past few weeks. But between 9 and 10 p.m. the last several nights, people are being kept awake at night from what is likely fireworks. Residents initially thought the sounds were ATMs exploding after a string of incidents following the looting and rioting. It's trolls bowling. I know. <laughs> is that what sure. it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Oh. Well, their leagues are starting up. <laughs> Why are you not part of this investigation? I know, with all the information I have. Right. Over the last several weeks, police and fire have responded to at least 137 explosions, 50 of them related to ATMs. But the latest explosions are likely fireworks being set off by people in different areas of the city. While the use of fireworks in the city was made legal last July, some residents have started a fireworks task force hoping to end that. One resident who works with the task force says they're disrupted night after night with loud booms and it's terrorizing adults, children and animals. The group's first meeting was Tuesday night. For those of you who may be interested in getting information about the task force or joining the task force, you can call 215-292-4426. In sports this morning. Eagles Pro Bowl right guard Brandon Brooks tore his left Achilles tendon and will miss all of next season. He wrote on Twitter, so I guess now that news is out, yes, I tore my other Achilles, but when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. I'll be back better than ever. Appreciate the love. 
There were a few po- possible replacements for Bro- uh, Brooks, including left tackle Jason Peters, who is currently a free agent, or former first-round pick Andre Dillard. Matt Pryor, a third-year player out of TCU, played right guard in Brooks' absence during the playoffs against Seattle and is also a candidate. 30-year-old Brooks has been selected to three consecutive Pro Bowls. When the Sixers resume their season with most of the NBA in late July, they hope that they'll be able to play Ben Simmons, who had an injured back for several months. Sports Illustrated Chris Maddox gave an update on Simmons through a conversation he had with Sixers head coach Brett Brown, who said, my opinion, and this is not confirmed yet, is that we are going to be able to inch him back into this. I'm going to, uh, he is, is he going to be 100%? I don't expect that, but I think he is going to be available. The NBA plans to have eight seeding games before the postseason, which is scheduled to begin on August 17th. The NBA also announced that teams will stay at three different Disney hotels based on seating. The Grand Destino will house the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Celtics, Nuggets, Jazz, and the Heat. The Yacht Club will host the Blazers, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns, and the Wizards. And the Grand Floridian will be the home for the Thunder, Rockets, Pacers, Mavericks, Nets, Grizzlies, wow. Magic, and your Philadelphia 76ers. Wow. Wow. Which one has the monorail that goes into it? Uh, oh. The Grand Floridian does. Grand Floridian? No. The, no. Um, yeah, it's the do. contemporary. It no. goes through it. Oh, through yeah. the actual yeah, hotel. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is... This is uh, I stayed at the Grand Floridian, and it goes... Uh, it's beautiful like, hotel. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. That's the one beautiful. where the alligator killed the kid, right? Yes, yeah. it yeah. is. Yes, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, and that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thanks so much, Kathy. Welcome to a Wednesday morning. We have some Wednesday rituals that we will participate in today. One of them being the secret text where we got some some Bezos. We got some beverages, some beers, some Yeebaz, as we used to call them when I was a Oh, yeah. Yeebaz. Get some Yeez, man. It was a stupid thing we made up. and Dude! You call it whatever you want, but it's yummy, and it's from Sly Fox, and we have a case of Hellas Golden Lager to give away. So text word secret to 39333. And we will see if you end up winning later on. We'll grab a random text or besides also asking you for to call in with the text word. Uh, we also do a Wednesday thing going on live, uh, going on Fox Good Day Live this morning. Uh, so we will check in with Mike and Alex, see what they want to talk about. And as far as guests go, we have one today, and it's a biggie. Kevin Costner. I love Kevin Costner. He's awesome. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Love that love man. I just watched uh, Wyatt Earp over the weekend, which mm. is another, you know, tombstone, you know, yeah. it's the same story, mm. done a little bit more uh, in detail. But it's a great movie, and he's great. Yeah, he's fantastic. So his, his body work's just huge. So we'll talk to him about Yellowstone, which uh, is his uh, TV show that yeah. he's uh, promoting. So, and he's, he's got a band and some music and stuff. So And he can fly. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but we'll, uh, we'll cover that with him, too, at 10 o'clock when he comes on. And so we have these things and more. We're taking course uh, through the program today. So let's take a break. Come back in a second. I have a, a very chock full uh, entertainment report. For oh, I love chock full. And we'll get plenty of chock for your fullness. And we'll have a secret text for it. I mean, uh, actually, a stupid question when we get back to it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer Jewelers is not in the jewelry business. He's in the love business. Whether celebrating life or celebrating love, Steven Singer is there for you. I hate Stevensinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so we have a stupid question. And for the prize, we're going to give away a digital download of the action packed thrill ride Sniper Assassin's End. Uh, the question that I have for you has to do with, uh, with movies. What was the first 
PG-13 rated film to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Huh. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I never would have guessed this because I didn't know it was rated PG-13. But what was the first PG-13 rated film to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture? 215-263-WMMR. Call right now. We'll go through some birthdays today. We're waiting for your answer Wednesday, June 17th. We'll start with Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, the show Wings is kind of where we first got to know him. Lowell uh, was his character, right? Was it Lowell? Yeah, yeah. yeah the uh, and he was a great character. He was. He was excellent. I mean, uh, that type of character has been played over and over and over again. You know, it's the, always the, one the, of my the, favorite characters. The lovable right? idiot. Yeah, you know, yeah, Coach yeah. Yeah. Lowell. Yeah, absolutely. I, yep. Dauber. 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 Woody. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a great character. He played it wonderful too. Uh, he's awesome in Sideways as well. He's great. He's even got a small role in um, Tombstone. Tombstone. We were just talking he's about He's a scumbag Tombstone. in Tombstone, yeah. yeah. He's one of the cowboys, yeah. He's uh, 60 years old today, by the way. Uh, Will Forte, Nick, your buddy. Was my buddy. He was your buddy. He doesn't get oh, in touch anymore. anymore. We never talk anymore. No. Oh, no. I've, I've, he's had a few different projects over the years. He had one with um, Caitlin Olsen not that long ago. Yes. And, uh, Caitlin, for, for Quibby. Yeah, Quibby. Caitlin returns my texts every single Good. time, more than her husband does, Rob McElhenney. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Will's a great guy. He's he's super nice. And I've heard this countless times about Will Forte. Uh, he, that he, he should have been my best friend? Nope. Never hear oh. that, except from you. Uh, that he just kind of disappears for a little, little while, and then he'll okay. come back in your life. He, he, it's not that he doesn't care. It's not that he doesn't like people. He just gets busy and distracted. Uh, so I'm sure at some point we'll talk to him. Again. I'm well, sorry, Will Forte. I don't have room for that kind of behavior in my <laughs> life. See, aren't you glad now? I'm actually glad. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, he's the big five zero today. Oh, hey. Happy 50th to Will Forte. Jason, Patrick, Kathy starred in the classic Speed 2. Cruise oh, control. Dear. That was even worse than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I like the first one. It's a junk food movie. The second one, when you have the movie called Speed 2 and it takes place on a vehicle that can't exceed 26 miles an hour, uh, it's uh, it's kind of a, uh, a problem. Uh, Lost Boys is where yeah. you first saw him. And he's really good in The Lost Boys. He was Michael. Michael. I watched Michael. Uh, I think it's on Shutter. They had a uh, documentary about you know the, these these pivotal movies, these horror movies, and yeah. the Lost Boys. Just uh, everything came together right in that movie. It's just yeah. so much fun. By yeah. the way, I just want to go back to speed for a second and explain <laughs> something to you guys. Yes. So I that's a movie that I've actually watched like a number of times, and every time I watch it, I'm like this this Why isn't am I watching this, this isn't good. I don't think either of them are great actors, but it's. But still, I'm wa- sitting there, there watching go. it You're again. suckered in every time. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, the only time I'll actually give it uh, the, the time of my day is uh, when, if the cruise ship is about to run aground, then I'm like, okay, well, it's kind of it's kind of a cool you know, part. What, what the funny thing, Casey, is that they're, they're trying to do these rapid cuts to create tension, uh-huh. and it's still just a lumbering ocean liner. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't... Mikey. This is Michael. Michael. Mike. Michael. 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 Mike. Michael. Mike. Michael. 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 Okay. Uh, so Jason Patrick's 54 today. Greg uh-huh. Kinnear, great actor, 57 years old today, as good as it gets. Little Miss Sunshine, Autofocus. We always mention that every year, Steve. Yeah, man, if you've never seen Autofocus, that <laughs> is a trip, especially it- the mutual self-pleasuring session he has with his best friend in the movie. Yeah. Joe Piscopo has a birthday today. He is uh, 69 years old. We were just talking to Mary Lou Henner about Johnny Dangerously. And he's great in Johnny Dangerously. He's a funny dude. I think for a while the bodybuilding threw him off the track. Remember that? Yep. And uh, and now I think he does like a political radio show. How about Barry Manilow? It's his birthday today. 
Uh, Barry Manilow is 77. We were just talking about, who was it uh, yesterday with the, the bad plastic surgery? Oh, uh, uh, Joe Van Ark. Joe Van Ark. Oh, he's got bad plastic surgery. Barry has cut up his face pretty bad, too. It's uh, His cheeks are so high. He looks like Pinocchio. He does. Uh, On a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but great songwriter. You know, I mean, he, he wrote some classics like this. He's 77 today. Uh, we also have Venus Williams, and it's a big milestone birthday for her today. Venus is 40 years old. Wow. Yeah, so happy birthday. Uh, Jello Biafra of the Dead Kennedys, 62. Never got into the Dead Kennedys, but, nah. you know. Yeah. Uh, legend in the world of punk music. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, rapper and songwriter, is 33 today. I think he was... President Obama's favorite, right? Was it rapper? Maybe. I don't remember. He's definitely very well critically acclaimed. And I'm going to mention... A worldly-known uh, good guy. Um, he's a worldly-known good guy. I'm going to mention Greg Raleigh. Greg Raleigh was the original lead singer of Journey, and then he and Steve Perry uh, sang together for a couple of albums, and then he left. And he's got a great voice. He's a great keyboardist. He was a keyboardist for Santana. He's a singer of... Uh, Black Magic Woman oh, and, and okay. a few other songs. So, Such a great song. What yeah. Journey songs did he sing? He songs you probably wouldn't know, like uh, "That's the Same Way You Love Me" and um, uh, "Anytime at All." And uh, I'll play a few later okay. on, so you get a, a feel for it. He's a great singer, great uh, keyboardist. I actually saw him play and sing with uh, with Ringo Starr's band. Uh, when they played at the Tower Theater a few years ago, and he did a few Journey songs too. But uh, he is seventy three years old today. Uh, Aaron and Diane Murphy. They played. They were twin actresses that played Tabitha on Bewitched. They were the little kids. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. And then girls. Lisa Hartman played Tabitha grown up. Lisa Hartman yes. is awesome, gorgeous. She's. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, Aaron and Diane Murphy are fifty six today. And then last, Bobby Farrelly of the Farrelly Brothers. Uh, he and his brother Peter have done a lot of your favorite comedies, like. There's something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, Shallow Howl. It's great stuff. Me, myself, and Irene. Was they, it Peter? That, Peter did the Green Book, right? Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think he did. But they also did, they did the the Three Stooges movie. Yes, right? they did. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry uh, uh, for people uh, who are you know purists. That's a solid movie. I agree. And it's a solid tribute to the to the uh, Stooges. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of good laughs in it. You know who's very funny in it? Sofia Vergara. She is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, did they do um Stuck on You with uh, with Kinnear? Yes, and Matt they Damon? did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Another good one. And you know what? They put a lot of people with disabilities in their films yeah. all the time. It's a it's an important thing to them. It's really cool. They did The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Bobby Farrelly is 62 years old today. So happy birthday to everybody celebrating birthday. All right, we'll see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Uh, what was the first PG-13 rated film to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture? 215-263-WMMR's number. And I will go to Brandon to see if he knows the answer. Yo, Brandon, how you doing, man? Yo, what's going on, fellas? Good morning. Good morning. What is the movie we're talking about? First PG-13 rated film to be nominated for Best Picture. Was that the color purple? It was. That is correct. I believe the first PG-13 movie ever was Temple of Doom, which was Spielberg. And the color purple, Spielberg as well. Yeah. Uh, So, Brandon, since you got that right, we're going to give you a digital download, the action-packed thrill ride, Sniper, Assassins, and it's pretty much the same thing as the color purple. Absolutely. Uh, Starring Chad Michael Collins. And Tom Berenger, legendary sniper Thomas Beckett. And, and his, Whoopi Goldberg. And his <laughs> special ops sniper Brandon Beckett are on the run from the CIA, Russian mercenaries, and a Yakuza trained assassin available now on digital Blu-ray and DVD from Sony Pictures 
home entertainment. Man, Danny Glover is so good in the color purple. I, I mean, you hate Everybody's his guts, but he's so him. good at yep. being a guy whose guts you hate. Yep. All right. Let's go through some of the stories. We'll start with this 2020 72nd Annual Primetime Emmy Awards are moving ahead uh, as scheduled on September 20th. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel is going to host. Even in these uncertain times? <laughs> Even in when we're trying to flatten the curve, Steve. Uh, it's uh, un- Kind of reminds you that we're all in this together. It, absolutely. Uh, and, uh, Unprecedented. <laughs> kind of reminds you. Somebody sent me a list of all the words they're sick of. Yeah. This was from uh, uh, podcaster and Presbyterian. Presbyterian. Dave Gibson. These are the words he's tired of. Uh, we're all in this together. Uh, the new normal. The new normal. Uh, you got this. Yes. Quarantine. Uh, out out of an overabundance of caution. <laughs> safer at home. Right. Essential worker. Social distancing. Unprecedented and flatten the curve. So Absolutely. Those are, those are the home friends. runs. So thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate Couldn't the list. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. All right. So in a statement, Kimmel said, I don't know where we will do this or how we will do this or even why we are doing this, but we are doing it and I'm hosting it. Uh, so he is, uh, he'll serve as an executive producer as well. He previously hosted the 64th and 68th. Emmy ceremonies. Uh, additional details are going to be announced soon. I hope they stagger them a lot because we were talking about the fact that they're moving the Oscars. Yeah, so the, yeah, it's in flux right now, award yeah. season. And uh, the Academy uh, on Monday said that the 93rd Oscars are going to be rescheduled for the first time in 40 years. And that will take place on April 25th of 2021. Uh, this show is set to air on Sunday, September 20th, 8 p.m. on ABC. Last year, the Emmys experimented without a host. Uh, they got some mixed results. Instead, uh, Fox invited Halsey to perform a tribute uh, for the In Memoriam segment. In addition, Adam Levine and Thomas Lennon provided commentary as well. So they're going with the host again. It's Jimmy Kimmel, and they're going ahead as planned. So we'll, we'll see, see, how, see goes. how it goes. Ben <clears throat> Affleck and Ana de Armas uh, jetted off to Georgia with the three kids that he shares with Jennifer Garner. Kids yeah. were going to Georgia. Uh, to introduce his new love to his mother. Oh. That's why they went to Georgia. Well, who is this? Uh, Affleck and Armas. It's my girlfriend, Mom. Oh! Were photographed wearing masks as they climbed aboard a private jet in L.A. with Violet, Serafina, and Samuel. I know you. You played Batman. And they... <laughs> I'm your son. <laughs> You're Batman. I'm your son. Don't worry. Your secret's safe with me. <laughs> Uh, wink, wink. Uh, yeah, my son got it. Uh, and, <laughs> Don't worry, just keep fighting crime. And then they were spotted returning from Georgia with Af- Affleck's mom, Christine, in the trunk. Uh, they, yeah, <laughs> they threw me out? the luggage compartment of the plane. It's windy up here. Uh, a source tells people they are spending. <laughs> A few days in Georgia with Ben's kids. It's a low-key vacation. Anna seems to be uh, love being around his kids. Everyone has been getting along great. Uh, she's making an effort to get to know the kids, uh, according to this source. She is a lovely woman. She's great in Knives Out. Yeah. Kind of a breakout in that she's the basically the star of that movie. Yeah. Uh, and um, the, I'm curious as to whether or not... Uh, 
Affleck will come back to do additional footage for this extended Justice League movie that Zack Snyder's working on. Right. Because the word is Henry Cavill is going to shoot some extra stuff as well. Maybe it's what he's talking to his mom about. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Justice League, right? <laughs> I was never more like more cyborg. <laughs> no, not more cyborg. I thought cyborg I was great. Cyborg. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's badass. There was, anyway. like, there was a lot about that movie I didn't care for. Like I didn't I care for the, the Flash's uniform or outfit. What would I you like call that, that thing? A uniform. Uniform. <laughs> um, but Mrs. Affleck made of the same tiles they use on the space shuttle. That's right. Oh, okay. For heat resistance. That's why. Right. He I runs just... very fast, and the friction would cause fires. <laughs> you know a lot about that, but you don't recognize your own You know son? why, Nick? Because my son is Batman. <laughs> oh, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Keep that between us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's your point? I need to... Um, no, <laughs> nothing to do with costumes. It has... Everything to do with, I don't think I like Ben Affleck, because when I hear about him being with her, I don't approve, because I like her. And so I think that reveals a lot about you how I like feel about... You don't like the greatest screen Batman of all time? I, it, no, so so that's a character. I'm sorry, it's a real person, Steve. It is a real uh, person. Damn. No, I, I actually liked him as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if I like Ben Affleck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry to hey, did you see this Jay and Silent Bob? No. Reboot? Is he like a He is that? great. Okay. And, and, and uh, listen, I've had my issues with Ben Affleck over the years, but I've always liked his pop culture savviness. I've always liked his work with Kevin Smith. And uh, and he, he went, he's on the other side of uh, rehab, and he seems to be doing well. So, yeah. According to IMDb, Steve, he is listed to be a part of Zack Snyder's Justice League as Batman okay. and Bruce Wayne. So uh, that's supposed to come out next year, 2021. Right. And so he's, he's listed as an actor in that. So we'll see. All right. We'll All see right. if there's additional stuff. That'd be great. Caitlin Bristow will finally be able to live her dream of competing on ABC's Dancing with the Stars. Uh, host Chris Harrison uh, revealed, good for her. revealed her shot after a condensed version of her season on The Bachelorette aired on Monday. I watched a bit of that. Do you, have, have you caught any of these? Mm-hmm. They're sort of like the best of the Bachelorettes. Okay. And uh, it, man, oh man, is it terrible uh, in a to- good way. She toasted the special opportunity. As fans may recall, this is a comeuppance for Bristow, who claimed in March of 2017 that executive producer Mike Fleiss told her she wasn't allowed to compete on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, she told E.T. at the time, I'm a dancer and I wanted to do it. I told Mike it was my passion. I told uh, Sean, her former fiance, uh, should be it should be my only passion. Okay, see, I thought she was a singer. No, no she, she was, was a dancer. Bristow will be the third former bachelorette to compete on Dancing with the Stars, following Trista Sutter Trista. in 2005 and Hannah Brown in 2019. Who won? Right? Uh, did she win it? I think she won. I've forgotten. Uh, so four former bachelors have appeared on the competition, and fans ate it up. By I the love way. dancing. Yes. So they had clicky, 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 clicky. Steve mentioned this in the uh, trash yesterday. Uh, Exchange partners Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green are ready for their next romances. Fox was spotted out with Machine Gun Kelly over the weekend. Getting handsy and kissing in L.A. Ooh, handsy. Uh, the pair have done very little to quash their romance rumors that have been swirling in recent months. Green and Fox officially split last month after 10 years of marriage. They have two, uh, three kids together, by the way. Now, Green isn't exactly sitting at home uh, pining away either. The 46-year-old was spotted out with, and Steve brought this to our attention yesterday, with 25-year-old model Courtney Stodden no. over the weekend. 
Ah, uh, yeah. That kind of blew my mind. It's unclear if they're in the friend zone or something more. She was dressed not like you would dress if you were going out on a date with a friend. She always dresses ridiculously revealing and I, so on. I can't believe she's only 25. Well, Nick, I, she, she was came on the scene. I know. She yeah. was 16 I know. when she married, what's his name, uh, Doug? Yeah, yeah, Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Or yeah. Yeah. Do you remember oh my God. how that just grabbed the nation's... <laughs> No yeah. one could believe it. It's and then well, wait, and she what? would sit there doing this lip pursing thing, yeah. which I assume she thought was sexy, but just looked like a, like an idiot trying to look sexy. Now, this was okay or allowed, I guess I should say, because her mother, mother was okay signed with off it. On is it. that okay? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Her mom is yeah. an attention whore, I guess, and, and that whole thing. Wow. But, but she was a star in the making. If you recall, she became a, a pop princess. When I go shopping, oh, oh, I be popping. Oh my God! I can't. <laughs> and by the way, and I remember, I think I don't know if it was that song or not, but the the quote unquote music video for it, she was on a pontoon boat <laughs> on a pond. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Moving along, showing her vast wealth, sitting on a pontoon boat. Actually, very fitting, to be honest. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's unclear if they're in the friend zone or not. Uh, an eyewitness said they picked up food together. Oh. Uh, and then they put it back down. Uh, Brian, <laughs> now you pick up the melon. Uh, Brian already paid for food. They were not acting at all like they are together. Uh-huh. Uh, Green said of the split on his podcast, neither one of us talking about Megan Fox, neither one of us did anything to each other. She's always been honest with me. I've been honest with her. We've had an amazing relationship. I will always love her. And I know that she will always love me. And I know as far as family, what we have built is really cool and really special, he said. If you watch the interview that she did right after this story broke with Doug Hutchinson, She's sitting there and she's doing this thing with her mouth, which I assume she right, right. Yeah, and she's like, thing. yeah, like like a quasi Marilyn Monroe sort of thing, oh. and it just is laughable. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. She's so. actually matured since then, Preston. So she's she's a worldly woman now. Hey, she can rent a car now. She's still there. <laughs> wow. Uh, gyms across Southern California are starting to reopen. Uh, but it looks like one of the most famous bodybuilders in the world is going to pass on at least one location. <laughs> yep, that's the man. Arnold stopped by Gold's Gym in Venice on Tuesday after it reopened to members for the first time since the coronavirus shutdown began in March. I went to bring my donkey in. Uh, the former governor of California made a visit to shoot a video for social media, but later said that he wouldn't return to the gym because there were no face there was no face mask requirement. Um, despite Schwarzenegger's stance, there were plenty of gym members who were enjoying their workout without a face mask, which experts have warned can sometimes cause respiratory and other health issues if you're trying to, if you're really huffing and puffing. So I was reading about you know. the deal, and apparently the authorities had checked out Gold's Gym and said they were in compliance with all the restrictions. So as you move in and about, people were wearing masks, but when they were actually sitting down on the machinery and working out, which they had space to part, they... That was his concern, though. But then again, yeah, Arnold's well, in that age zone, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. needs—he's concerned. And right. I get it. He wasn't saying, you know, how dare you? He was just like, I'm not gonna you know, d- d- go home now. I'm not gonna work out. <laughs> I guess I'll just go home now. <laughs> Could you imagine if you were at your local gym and working out, and Arnold strolled in? How <laughs> amazing I mean, would that be? It's, listen, we'll talk about a get interview. That's one of the—he—he the, he is. 
He's the best. He should do a surprise like road trip where he, he just where he just walks up to a gym unannounced yeah. and goes in with cameras. And he did. Did he do he that? Did for, and I remember it, pretty cool. like, years ago and and showed up. Now it's funny though when you see him. You never you always thought of him as massively larger than life. Mm-mm. He's just about six feet tall. Yeah, he's not crazy. Yeah, he's. I no. mean, obviously he's. Yeah, yeah. He's thick and he's built and all that. But yeah, as far he as was, yeah hulking. But you always thought he was like nine feet tall. Yep. Uh, safety measures in place, including checking members' temperatures and limiting the gym to 50% capacity. Machines are also sanitized throughout the day, and the gym will close for an hour each afternoon for a deep cleaning. Where am I going to put my poopoo on this? Well, the Venice location has been closed for months. The CEO uh, says that other Gold's Gym locations have slowly been reopening, offering a template for reopening. Have you ever been to the Venice Gold's Gym? I uh, Because it, it's no, a while. I've just seen Muscle Beach, but I've yeah. never been into the gym. Because that's where it all began. All, all the... All the Southern California bodybuilders that really caught a lot of attention. And uh, Preston, they have, <laughs> you would think they're garbage cans, but they're actually vomit pails. No. Because they work out so hardcore wow. there that it's not uncommon. And I, I was asking, what, what is that about? But uh, they will, you know, vomit because they're, they're, they're pushing it so hard. And, you know, at, at Muscle Beach, it's not all gigantic. No, no, no. Huge. There's average people working out there, right. too. So. Yeah. It would be a little intimidating, but you know, yeah. sure, you can still uh, step up and. and My work name out is those Sally. Guys. Those guys around <laughs> you. This is sad news. Steve and I were talking about this briefly this morning. Pat Brimer, name you don't know, but he's a well-known puppeteer and puppet builder. He's the guy who manipulated Bill Murray's nemesis, the Gopher, for Caddyshack, and he Aww. passed away. He was seventy years old, uh, but he has a long history of uh, of other characters. Uh, he died actually April twelfth after a battle with uh, cardio uh, myopathy at Province State Medical Center in Burbank, uh, but the pandemic delayed the announcement of his death. Uh, he created actually an updated version of Lamb Chop, the character uh, for Sherry Lewis. I didn't know that. Yeah, in the nineteen nineties, Sherry col- Lewis though did was the puppeteer when she was. Doing she it. was, but yeah. he created this. Uh, he All created right. Lamb Chop. Uh, the re uh, the the new version of it. The nineteen nineties. They collaborated on the PBS show Lamb Chops Play Along. Yeah, the new Lamb Chop had a prison tier, Preston, and the Charlie Horse Music Pizza, and on Lamb Chop on Broadway. He also served, and you will love this, Steve, as principal puppeteer on Team America: World Police. Oh. Yeah, Trey Parker and Matt Stone's movie, which we adore. Uh, I watch it. Every couple of months, it's it's unrelentingly funny, especially if you watch the unedited version oh with that god, extended with puppet scene. sex scene. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's a real deal <laughs> talent to be able to do that. And oh, well, and then Marionette's case at yeah. that level, just besides the regular standard puppet, yeah, not like the hand of the butt puppets, right. but the string puppets, the it's marionettes, amazing. Like, yeah. So he was principal puppeteer, and he also portrayed. He played a couple of characters. He was Baxter, the bartender, and limo driver. Oh, that's great! So right. He was the voice, and uh, you're and, the greatest actor I've ever seen. Yeah. All right, so the movie being John Malkovich, John Cusack's character was a puppeteer, like right, yeah. uh, on on the side. I wonder if he had anything to do with that because. Well, I didn't see that on his list of credits, Case, but uh, he was involved. Maybe he was so embarrassed he didn't include it. He worked on Short Circuit. Ooh. My stepmother is an alien, and so I married an axe murderer as well. I'm trying to. I was trying to think of any puppet moments, and so I married an axe murderer, but I don't remember that. Uh, but he also worked for Sid and Marty Croft. 
And he worked on uh, the Banana Splits, the Hanna-Barbera Happy Hour, uh, Las Vegas show that starred Raquel Welch on pup, uh, and on puppets for Atlanta Indoor Amusement Park, launched by Sid and Marty Croft. I've always been fascinated by puppets. I had like three ventriloquist dummies growing up, and uh, Mary. I had my marionettes, and you'd, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn this, I'm gonna learn this, and then I was just draped across a chair eventually. Exactly for years. Uh, and but it was actually Star Wars veteran John Dykstra who led the team that built the Bushwood Country Club Gopher, but uh, it was Brimer who was the principal puppeteer and gave him life. So I wonder if he did any stuff with um because there were there were puppets in the cantina sequence of Star Wars as well. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so sad news. Oh God! What happened? You spilled spill coffee. Not on the board. No. Oh, on my mouse. Bill's on vacation. It's fine. Oh, yeah. No sad, bro. No sad, bro. Here you go, Preston. I got you, Beef. That's the second time I've spilled something in as many weeks. Um, I'm sorry. I spilled chocolate and milk on the coffee. <laughs> you need a moment? I got a fact. Uh, I normally uh, don't set it there. You have a yeah, what? I have a fun fact. Okay. Uh, so, Steve, you mentioned earlier that uh, Temple of Doom was the first PG-13 movie, which is not, in fact, correct. It inspired the first PG-13 movie. Okay, which the was? The first P- uh, PG-13 movie was Red Dawn, but um, ah. uh, Temple of Doom was so violent. They thought they needed to change the thing. Okay, that's exactly that right. was, I, I knew there was a step off yeah. somewhere there. And so uh, Spielberg fought and won, and he got yeah. it to be a PG movie. Um, but because of that, they had to change the rating system, and so Red Dawn was the first movie that came out. That was a PG-13 movie. Interesting. And I saw uh, on Twitter yesterday, I think it might have been Blake Wexler tweeted out uh, the fact that uh, Twister was rated PG-13 because of yes. extreme uh, extreme weather. Extreme weather. Extreme Seriously? We- yes. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, like it says in the uh, explanation, <laughs> PG-13. Weather. Yes. Yeah. Uh, intense depiction <laughs> yeah. of very bad weather. Oh, yeah. my God. Rated PG-13. <laughs> well, Everest was PG-13 for extreme altitude. All right, hang on. I killed the mouse. Did you? Oh man! Oh man! Mouser. I can't. Well, I can't. And now I can't control the Zeta. That That's just all right. means stuff to you and me. Okay, I'm moving on. I've gotten past this. I hope you have. You got to move on with things in life. You know, We're if, moving if, on. If, you, if you just spend too much time ruminating on mistakes, you'll never go anywhere. Keanu Reeves is auctioning off a 15 minute Zoom call to the highest bidder, and proceeds will go to Camp Rainbow Gold. Kathy which provides. <laughs> Emotionally empowering experiences to Idaho's children diagnosed with cancer and their families. You could spend 14 and a half minutes telling them how much you hated speed. Mm. (laughs) Uh, The bidding closes Monday, June 22nd. It's already well into the five digits. A lot of celebrities are starting to do this. I did a cam. I I, I bought a cameo for my wife from Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, this isn't cameo. This this is actually, you sit down and and spend time chatting with But it's cameo Zoom, right? I don't know. It just yeah, says yeah. Zoom. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty cool uh, that you could you know that you could do that. But yeah, Kevin Sorbo did a uh, uh, specialized message for my wife. Is that so. Hercules, Hercules, because she's always had a crush on him. No. Oh. All right, what else we have here? Uh, Queen Elizabeth II is missing the Royal Ascot Horse Race, which began on Tuesday for the first time in this her 68 year reign due to the pandemic. Wow. The they 90- couldn't work out something? The 94-year-old monarch is not alone in missing one of the country's most high-profile races since no fans will be at the event. Couldn't they put her in, like, a Hulkbuster or something? Uh, the <laughs> queen <laughs> and her husband, uh, Prince Philip, have been... It's so good to be here. Uh, isolating at Windsor Castle outside of London for three months, so they weren't 
a part of that. Yet she got to watch the uh, the the. She had a there was a military parade in honor of her birthday. They yeah. set her out. They, they they could set her outside for that. How come they couldn't accommodate her? My guess is she really hates it. She didn't want to go. Yeah. Now actually, oh, I'm really going to miss it. I think horse racing, is, as we learned from the Crown, has been yeah. a big part of her life, tremendous her entire life. Yeah. But maybe she's just sick of it. I don't really know. Sick. Yeah. Sick. It's totally sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Michelle Obama's "When We All Vote" and the Roots are coming together to educate and inspire communities to use their voices and vote to make a difference. On Saturday the 27th, they are turning the annual Roots Picnic into a virtual experience with performances by the Roots, obviously. And uh, is it H-E-R or her? I don't really know. It's her. Uh, Her, Is it her? uh, SZA. uh, Snow Allegra. Am I getting any of these right? Sure, keep going. Uh, and more. And Michelle Obama will also be making an appearance alongside her voting squad. So Lynn manuel Miranda, Chris Paul, Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, Liza Kashi, Kerry Washington, Tracy Ellis Ross, uh, Janelle Monet. SZA's going to be there, Preston, as well. Yes, SZA. Both Tom and Rita and SZA? Yeah. I'm in heaven. And uh, Elaine Walteroff. Uh, mm-hmm. So live picnic uh, was postponed until 2021. So the Roots were eager to engage their core audience in both the Philadelphia region and around the world and do some good while they were at it. In addition to providing entertainment, When We All Vote and the Roots will work together to encourage fans to register to vote. So they are going to do that. And that is June 27th. So it'll be a virtual I wonder, version of the Roots. Obviously, picnic. you'll lose something. I mean, if you go virtual, yeah, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, you know. true, true. But uh, everybody's all doing, you can do. doing what they can. In these uncertain point. times, Preston. That is right. It's unprecedented. Yeah. All right. Let's, We're in this together. Let's do the, uh, let's do the clips, all right? All right. So where am I? Here we go. A group of convicts <laughs> seek to ruin the lives of a father and daughter in the film Becky. In this clip, star Lulu Wilson compares the graphic script to the violence seen on screen. And here's the clip. Hold on. That's the button. I think it was pretty graphic and over the top in the script. But then um, once you got on set and experienced like all the practical effects, that was just really interesting watching that. I wasn't really focusing on like the degree of the gore. I was more focusing on how they were pulling that off. And then watching it, I sort of realized how freaking gory this movie is. Shut the f*** up! Is Uh, this the girl who's in the movie Ouija? Yes. Yeah, she's really good. And you know what else? She's also in uh, Annabelle. Annabelle. Oh, Annabelle <laughs> Homecoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Creation. Annabelle. Yeah. She uh, plays a freaky kid, but uh, she's a really good actress. Okay. Is she related to any other famous Wilsons that we know of? I was uh-huh. Maybe Rita I hear Wilson? Lulu Wilson. I think Luke Wilson and, and Owen Wilson. Did someone say Wilson? Or Rita Wilson. I don't know. The kid from Ouija? Love that. Don't play with Ouija boards. Uh, you invite the uh, the presence of the devil. Uh, Becky is available that? to watch <laughs> on demand. Uh, here's the next clip. <laughs> A little <laughs> slow on the uptake. That's yeah, it. This is my fault. Uh, the King of Staten Island expresses the idea that it is possible for anyone to overcome any deficit. In this clip, Star Pete Davidson talks about playing a character of him. Uh, it says a character of himself. I would imagine caricature? it means a caricature of yeah. himself. Here we go. One of the main goals of this film was to allow me to let go of a lot of my issues. You know, just put it all out there. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with mental illness and anxiety and depression. And to bring light to it is something we really wanted to do to let people know that they aren't alone. 
Uh, the King Staten Island is available to watch on demand right now. We just spoke to Judd Apatow the other day about I, it. I wonder if Vinnie Brand uh, obviously had that that incident with uh, Pete Davidson at his uh, comedy club, and uh, but Vinnie's always supported him. So yeah. I wonder if uh, they've made amends because you actually get a better appreciation for what Pete Davidson has gone through in his life, and he obviously obviously has a mental. Uh, issue that he's been dealing with for many years. Uh, yeah. you, you lose a father at a young age, it's going to do that to you. You lose a father in an event that no one will let you forget because it's 9-11, mm. it's got to be even that much more difficult. I guess I'll have to see it because I still don't think you need to be a jerk. But That's true. I, I yeah, yeah. You know, I agree. Yeah, apologies yeah, we, go a long way, too. They do. You they know, do. so if, uh, yeah. if, if Pete went out of his way to make it up to Vinny, that'd be uh, nice. It'd be really nice. Yeah. It'd, it'd probably, and maybe he has. I don't know. Exactly. We don't yeah. know. M- so. Making amends. Yeah. Maybe he made it worse. Uh, so we have a secret text word today, a chance to win a case of Sly Fox Hellas Golden Lager. Text word secret to 39333. We're going to go on Fox Good Day. And ladies and gentlemen, we have Kevin Costner on the show today. Love it. Uh, he'll get in touch with us uh, close to 10 o'clock. So we'll take a break and come back in a second and get into all of that stuff. Stay with us. The President's Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. Now, 93.3 WMMR. Now. Everything that rocks. I want to plug an event real quick. Uh, every year, uh, for the past several years, I've been the MC for the Philadelphia Crohn's and Colitis Foundation Take Steps event, uh, which happens at Citizens Bank Park. It's a yes. big event. Several thousand people come out for this. Music vendors, all kinds of activities for people. Um, it's not going to happen this year there on that date, which is normally around this time. So we are doing the Take Steps Plus virtual event this Saturday. There's a local portion of it and then a national portion of it. So I'm going to be hosting the local portion of it at 11.15 a.m. on Facebook. Marissa has posted on PrestonandSteve.com. And we're going to have some special guests. We're going to have some live music. Do you remember uh, Isabel Godfrey, the young lady? Yes. Who came by and sang here? She was great. Outstanding vocalist. She's going to be performing a couple of songs I'll be hosting the event along with Dr. Nandy, who's great. And, how, how long? Uh, we'll uh, it it's only like a half hour. Okay. So it's at 11.15 on Saturday. With the invitation to to obviously donate at that time, correct? Exactly. And that's that's when it starts. And then the national program takes over at noon. But we would like for you to tune in if you can. My daughter has Crohn's disease, so it's a, it's a project that's near and dear to my wife and I, our family. I saw a video that pertained to that, Preston. Of a, it was kind of a... a, kind of a um, a person who suffers from that, their perspective on how they go to different places and yeah, what yeah. and what they have to consider when they go, it's really it, it's 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 a difficult thing. It is. It's it's extremely painful. A lot yeah. of people don't realize how absolutely excruciatingly painful Crohn's and colitis can be. In fact, uh, Gams, our old, uh, uh, you remember yeah. her intern? She had intestine removal. She, yeah. yeah, a huge portion of her intestine removed. So anyhow, the event is this weekend. It's going to be fun. It's on Facebook. You can go to PrestonandSteve.com, click on it. We would love for you to join and watch and donate if you can. Um, I would like us to take a stroll through the general store because there's some odds and ends that we need to go through uh, and <laughs> highlight. Try the Preston Elliott at the front door. He'll let John in. <laughs> yeah. Remember, social distancing is a must. He has sneeze guards all around the wheat and the flour and the grain. If you're here, stop and buy for some confections. He'll give you one of those, too. He's got candy in the candy jar, and he'll wipe it down with hand sanitizer. <clears throat> yes. Hey there. Uh, good morning, Mr. Elliot. Uh, I was wondering if I could ask for something in your general store, but I want to ask it from Marissa. Can you get me a sound effect of somebody walking through a store door with the bell? 
Oh, you that'd know? be great. Yeah, yeah. we did I like have it. one. We I like did it. have one. Not with the with the bell. No, no, no we no. had like the bing bing. With yeah, the boom I, and the bam and the boo boo. I want to hear that. Okay, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm going to get into this. I have a couple of good stories for you. The first two stories are are uh, tied to each other. Uh, Boston Dynamics. Yeah, you've seen their creepy robots. You know them as Skynet. Uh, you've seen these these on YouTube. Now you can buy the dog version. Oh no. It's called Spot. And it works as a century, right? Essentially. So it is $75,000 if you want to buy it. Fires 75,000 rounds of ammo. No, it doesn't. The four-legged robots can walk, climb stairs, and monitor their surroundings with cameras and sensors. And you can enjoy them however you like, but you have to promise... Not to arm them or use them to harm or intimidate anyone. Come on. You have to pinky swear. Again, again, again. I tell everyone, if you want to see what the future could be like, watch Black Mirror, the episode called Metalhead. Yep. And if that doesn't freak you straight the F out, you know what I think, Preston, also? They have missed a, a, a level here that I think is essential Something to make these things look a little bit more amiable or softer. They look so cold and antiseptic. Yes, you know, so they call it a dog, but it's 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 very to me it's very insect like. Uh, yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. This this thing scares me. Uh, so and and I've got another story that's going to freak you out beyond this. Uh, but Boston Dynamics says that the uh, the sales of Spot are intended for commercial and industrial use, and the robots can only be bought in the U.S. How much? Uh, Seventy five thousand uh, dollars. The company VP for Business Development, Michael Perry, told the Associated Press the key goal for us is to make sure that people trust robots. Yeah. <laughs> he gave an example of a negative use uh, they wouldn't allow, saying somebody wanted to use Spot for a haunted house, and we said no to that. It frames a robot in a negative context. Okay. Wait, so, um, why seventy five grand? I'm. It, it's a high tech piece of stuff here. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it, the stuff that it can do and learn, it, and they show it moving along. In the uh, in the commercial, it's moving along with the cinder block on its back. It has some lifting power. Yeah, yeah. I know, but like a car has more than that, and it doesn't cost. Well, I mean, listen. Some this also has a much. level of autonomy, uh, and I know cars do as well. It, it's listen as they start to mass produce them, the uh, the, the the price will come down. Obviously. This is like a, if you're like uh, a seg when the segways first. The came segway, out, or yeah. even like a, the first CD player, you know, that or your was, first transformer. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Casey, these things will roam all over your property, and uh, and they will surveil and, and randomly kill your pets because they consider them intruders. I guess they would do that. Listen, they've got uh, the robots at uh, at uh, grocery stores, the giant grocery store. Yeah, my son yeah. works yeah. at one. That's at least friendly looking. It has googly so eyes yes. on it. Yes. So Put friendly. googly eyes on this thing yes. for Christ's sake! By and that way. thing moves along. It's like they should have. They should have googly eyes on this robot. You're right. It's like gritty. I said, "Excuse me" to the giant robot the other uh-huh. day. Would, would you fe- would you have feared the Terminator if he had big googly oh, eyes? No. And no. When, he, when he shook his head, if, if the pupils rolled around, yeah. <laughs> look at him. He's funny. You ever walk past that grocery store robot and uh, ignore it and feel slightly guilty for ignoring it. I do, okay, and I good. know you're only you're, what you're doing is you're pissing it off. Yeah, and eventually it will. Okay, be that way. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of which, I'm, like, overly nice to Alexa, just on the off chance that she's, like, taking notes. You know, She because... is. She's recording every conversation. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think sometimes, you know, my kids, and I remember Chuck was telling me, he's like, I don't, I don't like the way my kids talk to Alexa. He's, you know, he's like, they're kind of like, 
a holes to the uh, to the robot. Do wow. not yeah. be okay. nasty to your uh, thinking machinery. Mm. All right, so here's the the story that's in tandem with this, Steve. But this one. This one will make your skin crawl. All right. Uh, China has exhibited its latest weapon. It's an armed mini robot named Sharp Claw One. Sharp Claw One. The device designed to be carried to and from the battlefield inside its big brother, the six-wheeled Sharp Claw Two, is just two feet tall, but it packs a mighty punch. The little drone carries six point, 7.62 millimeter light machine gun. <laughs> Alongside its loadout of electro-optical reconnaissance equipment, it was first reported in 2014, but this latest upgrade adds offensive capability to Sharp Claw's original scouting role. So it's not a scout anymore. It's an attack vehicle. It's a killer. The mini tank's top speed is around six miles per hour, rather more than a brisk walk, but it can sustain that for long periods over rough terrain as well as climbing stairs and operating in almost complete darkness. Yeah, it's designed like a tank. It looks like a little mini tank. Sharp Claw's uh, size is reportedly 27.6 inches long, 26, uh, 23.6 inches tall, and it weighs 264 pounds. Oh, Sharp Claw 2 can also carry an airborne drone to expand the system's reconnaissance capabilities. Do you rent these for kids' parties? Uh, maybe so. Uh, there have been repeated calls from human rights groups such as Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, and the Harvard Law School International Human Rights Claim to ban killer robots. Well, the Chinese Communist government has a really good history with human rights. But despite that, several military contractors around the world are developing autonomous weapon platforms. Jeez. Military expert Bai Mengchen, speaking to Chinese news agencies stressed that a human operator would always make the decision to use Sharp Claw's weapons. He said it can react much faster than humans, but the problem is it cannot improvise. Therefore, a human must supervise it and halt the task when deemed necessary. All we need is a little AI thrown in, and we've got Ultron living in our world. Once it decides that the human that's giving it the orders is making mistakes. By the way, the Uran 9 boasts formidable firepower, including a 30-millimeter 2A72 autocannon, an Attica anti-tank missile, and a Schmel M thermobaric rocket launcher, as well as 7.62-millimeter machine gun. Schmel? Schmel. Uh, the Uran 9 saw service in Whoever Syria. Whoever smelted, dealt it. Where it reportedly uh, underperformed. The robot tank r- routinely lost contact with its ground controllers, suffered weapons and suspension malfunctions, Jeez. and struggled to track a moving target. So, but do I understand correctly? It. it has an anti tank capability? This other thing did. The one okay. that didn't perform, the, the one that had the smell on it. <laughs> Uh, that was called the Uran Nine, but this is this is the Sharp Claw One, which is uh, taken around by the Sharp Claw Two. I mean, that's so. You you talk about urban warfare. This is something that's so small, comes you know down an alleyway or whatever, could hide behind boxes and oh, then yeah. come out and blow your head off. Yep, exactly. Oh, that's great. And that's fun. All right. I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a, a flare-up on the Chinese-Indian border last night, yes. yesterday, and uh, there were some deaths, there were some casualties, but not from gunfire. They were from it was hand-to-hand. Combat fighting, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, a bunch of Indian soldiers died. They've not disclosed how many Chinese soldiers died, but they were beating each other with uh, bats and killed each other. And you know, that's medieval. It's, it's old school. Yeah, yeah. that's this what also, that's like. It it's went like back a, a couple of weeks ago too. Yeah, like, it's, a, it's yeah. in the Himalayas. It's like fourteen thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's wow, it's crazy times during the All pandemic. Right. Let's uh, let's find something dumber in the general store. Hey, come on in. Besides killer automated robots. 
Preston Elliott, the proprietor, has all sorts of things like baked goods and stuff to wash your clothing. If you want to use the telegraph, by all means. All right. right. Next to the killer drone. (laughs) (laughs) So, as long as there have been sitcoms, there have been dumb dad characters. Uh, but the University of Massachusetts researchers say it's getting worse. It is getting worse. They're always idiots. You, you were absolutely right. And I mean, I I get the the inclination to do that, but could there possibly every once in a while, is it okay to have a functional dad? Think back to Mike <clears throat> Brady. Mm-hmm. To the last one I remember. Think think back mm-hmm. to uh, you know uh, Father Knows Best. Yes, Tony uh, Stark. No, not Tony. <laughs> No, no, was, was not uh, Danny Thomas. Danny Thomas, and and these... they were they had their idiosyncratic things, yeah. But they were functional fathers. Leave it the Beaver, yes. You know all these these were okay. Like, so look at, look at here's a and I love the character and I think he's great. But Phil Dunphy on Modern Family, oh yeah, is a jackass. Perfect. Yeah. So research examined researchers examined TV dads' interactions with their kids in 34 sitcoms that aired between 1980 and 2017, and found that the more recent the show the less likely it was to feature fathers doing much actual parenting. In addition, when the dads uh, did take on parenting duties, they were more likely to be depicted as foolish, showing poor judgment, being incompetent, or acting childishly. Yeah. Can you think what sitcom on right now or what show... Has a functional good (laughs) father figure. Yeah. Even if you go back to, like, um, uh, 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 Tool Time, uh, Home Improvement. Yeah. He had moments. Yeah. He He had moments. But he was actually... For the most part... He was terrible. He was messing everything up. He was like a kid. It even even goes back to that. He was constantly being reprimanded as if he were a child by (laughs) his wife. Right. So I had actually, in college, my, my final research paper my senior year... Uh, I chose, it, it was my own topic, but uh, the role of the TV mother over the course yeah. of, you know, from the, you know, basically the 50s all the way up until the, the, the 90s. Yeah. There, it just seems like that there's been an overcorrection, right? So for years and years, the women, they were only, they were seen in the kitchen and they didn't have jobs. And then slowly over time. You ding bets. Give me a beer. <laughs> Now, she was the moral compass exactly. of that. Exactly. You're right. So You're she right. was a good person while Archie was a bigot and had all that going on. Right. He had his moments, too, where yeah. he, was, he was good. But she was the heart and soul. She was just a dummy. Yeah. Right. And that's how they played yeah, her yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As, as flighty as, right, as you yeah. know, a, a, a ding bed. A ding yeah, bed over there uh, with your kill droid. Your assessment that uh, she was the heart and soul. Yes. Like, so the mother was the heart and soul of the family. They were the one who, like, Kept it all together and fed and washed and cleaned and made sure everybody was like healthy and, and safe and all that. And then the father provided, yeah. you know, and so now so it's not that. Audiences of these shows are encouraged to laugh at the bumbling dads, but it's not harmless as, in this, according to this report, fictional entertainment can shape our views of ourselves and others. Sitcom writers can do better <laughs> by dads by moving for, on from the increasingly outdated foolish father trope. Who was the best TV? I mean, we can't say Cosby. Well, he was. He's he the was. character. He was really good. The character was. The character you was. You sick? Do you want some Benadryl? Was was oh, great. Man. You 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 have to give the yeah. the character that right. Not the guy who played yeah. him, but he was one of the all time great TV dads. Uh, my father knows best. Robert uh, Young, I think, was the actor. Was was a, was a good. Uh, I mean, that's you're going way back. That's yeah. at the beginning of sitcoms. Yeah. But uh, uh, and 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 Mr. Brady, Mr. Brady, you know when there was an actually a, a great good, dad because of the death of uh, of um, 
of uh, the Leave to Beaver character. Um, Eddie Haskell. Oh, Eddie Haskell, Eddie Haskell, Haskell yeah. the actor who played him, died, and then I went back and started watching those those shows. That marriage and that interaction, what they were really sharing the parenting. Yeah, and it was it was really depicted well. You know yeah. the way I remember my parents doing it, uh, and but you don't see a lot of that. You're, no. It's usually the blithering idiot, idiot dad being handled by the mom. Do you have a list of of the worst dads? Like, is there a list along no, with this or no? Just, no? Because I think that Frank from Shameless has got to be in like the top <laughs> yeah. three. But he, that the whole the whole predicate of the show is this lunatic sociopath so that's where the comedy is derived from of course steve what are are your thoughts on um mr goldberg because he's not an idiot he's not he he is a curmudgeon yeah but he is a good dad yeah yeah so on the goldbergs he's um uh, he is a good dad and they depict him in fact they depict uh, mom beverly goldberg as being uh, yeah you know the 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 what, what do they call her? They're uh, both idiosyncratic. Yeah. I mean, they both have... Smother, they call her. Uh, they both have goofy attributes yeah. to them. So, But anyhow, they're saying that the dad is portrayed that way a lot. All right, what else? Well, let's go through the store again. Come on in. Oh, hey. Yeah. New sound effect. Nice Your to see. in. Yeah. Here comes the Cannonball Express. Uh, how about this? After months of delay due to coronavirus, Ford will be bringing back its iconic... Bronco SUV, and they're doing it on July 9th. Well, July 9th happens to be the birthday of O.J. Simpson. So they're trying to say this is an accident. Bullcrap. It is the most iconic use of a Bronco ever. Okay. Right? Do you honestly for a second think no one caught that? Oh, I don't know. Or maybe just, how about we, all right, okay, uh, our mistake, we're going to push it back a week. You know? Not that there's anything wrong with that. You no. can have it come out. It was, but what what is the most famous Bronco in history? That one, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, I saw a Bronco not that long ago. It was nice to see. I'm like, I, I do miss that vehicle. I, I like they were pretty cars. cool. They were cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, they uh, in a Twitter post from June 13th, Ford confirmed the Broncos' return, and uh, when OJ, just to remind you, uh, took that famous ride. Uh, about 95 million viewers were following the live chase. I was one of them. I was too. I yeah. remember clearly it was actually, it was, um, what, what day did it occur on the, the chase? Early June because the NBA finals were on and they cut out of the finals. It was the Knicks versus the Houston Rockets. I remember it vividly. Nick, I think it was my birthday actually. It, it I think might've it might've been. Been, it might've been June 12th because it was we, June 17th. Oh, June 17th. Okay. We were out for dinner. We were, and, and my wife and I were in Glen Cove, Long Island. We were sitting in a place and the entire restaurant was transfixed mm-hmm. at the TVs over the bar. Hmm. Yeah. Because everybody was thinking it was going to end. The the rumor was it yeah. was, well, it was uh, Al Cowling was driving and, yes. and he's, he was saying O.J. was going to kill himself. Yes, right? that he was in the back with a gun. Yeah. Um, so uh, Ford has not yet released much surrounding the Bronco in the terms of specs. And, and then what, they played punch buggy for a while. Do you remember that, Preston? <laughs> and what we can expect from the vehicle. Yeah, I well, just, they had to pass I the just time. saw one. Yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, they, the, they, the murders were. I'm sorry, Casey. The murders were on your birthday, Steve. The okay. murders happened on uh, June 12th. So this was like five days later. Wow. And so right. that, you know everybody was focused on OJ at this point, and then this happened. So there was this buildup after the murders, and uh, and then OJ ran away in the Bronco. So we don't know what the new Bronco looks like. We do. I, I saw at least. Well, you know, you can't say that because I saw one of the one of their auto show sort of representations. All right. And a lot of times, what they wheel out first isn't exactly how it ends up looking. It actually looks fairly sleek. I liked the way the Bronco looked back in in the nineties, and I. But I also liked the way that the Blazer looked. And when they brought the Blazer back, I didn't care for the new look, the new sleeker look. So here's I the prototype up. up in the screens here in the studio case. 
It's pretty boxy. It looks like a truck. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. From the front, anyway. Um, who I saw not that long ago was a Jimmy. I haven't seen a Jimmy. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah. yeah well, yeah, GMC, yeah. it was basically the GMC version of the um, uh, of the Blazer. Okay. Yeah. Does GMC still exist? Do they still make GMC trucks? Yep. I don't know. Well, I don't know about... I... They, didn't, they stopped making cars a while ago. They were know, only making trucks. Do you know it's a badass a vehicle, Nick? Uh, have you ever seen a Raptor? The yeah. Raptors out and about. Mm-hmm. I love the Raptors. Those suckers are fast. Yeah, my neighbor has one of those. Uh, and also the, uh, I used to like the Cherokees, too, the Jeep Cherokees. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, all those uh, kind of larger SUVs um, before you started getting, you know, the Yukons. And, and, yeah. Uh, when my brother was in uh, the Secret Service, the, the, the standard vehicle was the Suburban, you yeah. know, when they, were, when they were traveling around and they had the, uh, you know, the hidden panels and all that stuff. All right, so it's going to be July 9th, uh, and that's uh, that's OJ's birthday, so you'll be able to get yourself a new birthday. Bronco. Mm-hmm. All right, what else we got here? Hey, Preston, I'm OJ Simpson. Hey, come on in. You know what? I have another story Where's about, your a, cutlery section? about a killer that you might like. A <laughs> uh, man accused of being the rapist and killer who terrorized California residents in the 1970s and 80s has agreed to plead guilty to dozens of crimes in return for being spared the death penalty uh, we're talking about the Golden State Killer, Joseph D'Angelo. This is the guy, by the way, if you'll remember, that Patton Oswalt's deceased wife spent her latter last years of her life working hard to get this guy caught and put away. And uh, yeah, she what was, was her job? Did, did she was she involved in? I think she was an investigative report. I'm not sure, Nick. Could you do a little research on that? But I remember was there was there something that had to do with like an ancestry.com basically thing that like uncovered it. Case, no. I, I, I'd be lying what if I said I remember the specifics. So uh, this guy, by the way, let me give you some of the details first. He's expected to plead guilty on the 29th to be sentenced in August to life without possibility of parole. After the surviving victims and relatives of those killed confronted him, uh, confront him in court. Uh, one of the one of the the people who was affected by him, a guy named Ron Harrington, his younger brother and Keith and new sister in law Patty were beaten to death in their Orange County home in August of 1980. He said we are so totally supportive of the death penalty, and yet are we are totally supportive of the decision to let the Golden State Killer plead to life without the possibility of parole. Uh, almost 40 years have passed, and literally some of the victims have passed away. There are foundational issues from the evidentiary standpoint. He said, you've got victims who have now passed away. How are they going to testify? So uh, he's 74 years old, this guy, Joseph D'Angelo. Especially brutal, his the crimes. district attorneys in six counties that have been <clears throat> seeking the death penalty issued a joint statement that did not address that issue, but noted the scope of his crimes that started more than four decades ago and involved dozens of victims across 11 counties over more than a decade. He was identified only, here's how it happened, Casey, when identified, when investigators secretly collected DNA more than two years ago that they say proves he is the one who broke into a couple suburban homes at night. Now, whether it was Ancestry.com or not, I don't know, but it was DNA, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was DNA from a relative or from him. However, they, they had to have had DNA from one Somewhere, of the... Somewhere, yeah. From one of the... Um, uh, pieces of evidence from an actual crime. So uh, the armed and masked rapist would tie up the man. Here was his M.O. He would tie up the man and pile dishes on his back mm-hmm. and threaten to kill both of the victims if he heard the plates fall while he was assaulting the woman. Oh, so that's how he set up like an alarm system. Ugh. And then he would kill him. Uh, they said the decision was made about two weeks ago after prosecutors consulted with survivors and swore them to secrecy. 
until news was first reported to the Sacramento Bee. So uh, he's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. That's what's expected uh, on the 29th. Was there a connection, uh, Nick, to... Uh, so her name is Michelle McNamara. Uh, she passed away in 2016, but she just became fascinated by true crime. So she started writing about it, and uh, she her, her background is a writer. So she didn't, I don't think, had a personal connection to it. Um, I did. I couldn't find one, but right. uh, yeah. So she wrote about it and helped to catch this guy. And the name of her book was "I'll Be Gone in the Dark: One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer." Okay. Uh, let me see. We have time for another one. Yeah. Right, let's take a stroll through the aisle here and see what we can find. If you need any help, just ask Preston. He always has a smile and a bit of advice. And if you catch him in the right mood, he might sing you a song. <laughs> Usually something from Rush. Uh, yes. But right now, I'm going to tell you about this particular story. Uh, generations all pretty much have stereotypes. Baby boomers are known for being technologically challenged and uh, don't like to change very much. Millennials are said to be oversensitive and kill everything. And now Gen Z, which is the current generation coming up, is known for its, its obsession with social media and lack of focus. The American Psychological Association says these stereotypes are often wrong and can be harmful in age-diverse workplaces. In general, there will be tension between the oldest and youngest generations in a shared space. But the latest battle in the generational wars is between Gen Z and the Millennials. Uh Uh-huh. All right. So it started, apparently... Fight, 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 fight. When a, a Twitter user, I guess, kicked this off. Yeah. Uh, named local underscore celeb. Well, I would I would argue that Gen Z started it on TikTok, and then well, yeah, millennials so, took. <laughs> well, here you go. They they found a series of TikTok comments in which uh, younger users bashed millennials. Yeah. Uh, the comments roast millennials for saying words like "doggo" and "adulting." What is "doggo"? <laughs> Well, we'll I don't see. know. I don't... We're going to get roasted by millennials. Sure. I know what adulting is, but uh... yes, but "doggo" d o g g o. Uh, so they also, they say, Doggo was his name. They say words like Doggo and adulting, living in one bedroom apartments and oversharing their Harry Potter houses. Mm -hmm. Uh, one TikTok user wrote millennials are monsters and I stand by that. Uh, some call the critiques harsh while others say that the disses are quote, not wrong. Doggo is lazy. Oh, that's so Doggo. (laughs) How bougie. Yeah. Quick clapping cheeks. (laughs) No, so, keep clapping cheeks. Keep clapping cheeks. Yeah. So apparently, yeah, there's a uh, there's a little uh, rift happening between. I think it's hilarious. When those I two first generations. when I first started working in radio, and I, I was uh, getting out of stand up comedy and doing that, I worked routinely worked with people much older than I was at the time, and always had the you know the the, the greatest relation. I, did you ever have a situation where? I don't, you know, I don't see eye to eye with this guy because he's or woman because they're much older or much younger. I've never had an issue depending on age differential. No, no I mean there are <clears> generational differences. I don't think I, I mean, could probably sure. work alongside a four-year-old. Yeah, but yeah, for the most part, the problem is these these little stupid Gen Zers. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, is that they don't have much hindsight, right? So like. Maybe give them a couple of years, and then so let their wisdom accumulate. Yes, yeah, and they'll understand what Doggo is all about and what uh, adulting is all about. Because what what ends up happening is you you pass a, th- a certain threshold, right? I would say that threshold is like post twenty one, and then you start to feel like, oh my gosh, I am I am old, and then you, then you you know um, you share those things on social media. So when you do things like oh, my gosh, I can't believe I bought a house or I can't believe I'm having a child. And and you call that adulting and stuff. And these 
these Gen Zers don't don't understand well, that. Listen, I didn't feel like an adult until I turned twenty eight. I was twenty eight years old, and I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, I'm I'm an actual adult. Yeah, I but still don't. Before that, I mean, listen, I yeah. still do goofy, stupid yeah, yeah, things yeah. all the time. That but wait, wait, you know, that childish you... and so on. Yeah. But but when it came to responsibilities. That's when twenty eight was when I when I kind of looked at my life and I go okay I'm there, you know. I remember my dad on my twenty first birthday saying, "You know now when you sign anything, it's legal and it's your ass." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I guess that's right." Mm-hmm. You know, like I never, um, even now at almost forty five years old, actually feel like an adult, and I think it's because I am. I, I, I have you're surra- adulting. No, I have surrounded myself with people who are like a half of, of a generation. Older than me, so they, you know, even when I like was twenty two, okay. and I felt like an adult. Well, well, yeah, but I'm thirty, you know. And then when I turned thirty, it's like, yeah, but you know, I'm four. And so now I'm forty five, and and I hang out with the, uh, you know, uh, my cousin who is sixty two or sixty three, and my other cousin who's pushing sixty, and they're like, you don't even know, like, and I'm like, I when, used when? to walk fifteen miles in the snow to get my Atari fixed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when when can I be treated like an adult, and not just like a young whippersnapper who you know you you don't you have no idea. Hang out with younger people and you get the <laughs> unique, guess, absolutely I, inverse reaction. Yeah, I don't want hey, that. Hey, old man. Hey, old timer. <laughs> yeah, yes. but Casey can hang out with younger people. Casey can, you you have that ability. You can relate very well. <sighs> no, you know what it is? I try way too hard to be okay. like, you know, the cool guy. You know, hey, okay. what's up? Yeah. What's I up, guys? Hey, what's the latest song from Chingy? <laughs> <laughs> How's Florida doing? <laughs> Florida, right? Yeah, I think. How part about of the... that kid and play? Those <clears throat> cats are hopping. The part of the uh, the complaint of Gen Z versus millennials is is the overuse of adulting. You know, in posts saying doggos over and over again. Not that they use those terms in, in you know to start with, but that like that they use them a lot. I think I've always been inclined to bitch slap anyone who just <laughs> adopts lingo like that immediately. Yeah. I don't know. You know. Mine, mine comes in some of the tech stuff because uh, when, once you get into the intricacies of social media and all the different things, I had a moment with Marissa this morning where I'm trying to do this thing for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and it takes, you know, 20 steps yeah. to get this one thing done. I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And, and she's like, how did it go? And I'm like, I gave up. I quit. <laughs> you and your technology thingies. And then, I, then your hands briefly touch. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. You're beautiful. <laughs> I felt bad for Marissa a little bit because you're yelling, not necessarily yeah, at her. Not she at was her. like, I'm just, I'm just trying to. I'm just I know. You. I, I was just, sure I was, go, I was venting out loud, <laughs> and and I was yelling at Marissa. Oh my! You God. were yelling too, Marissa, not at her. You that's, were that's like yelling at Thumper and Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were yelling to me earlier, and I said, I hear you and I see you. I'm not going to try right. and fix it. I'm just he going did. to listen to you because I understand that you're not yelling at me. Has anybody here ever used the word adulting? Actually, no, like, no, I don't think me so. Not, not uh, seriously. Yeah, no. not seriously. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, anyhow, we, we got a break, right? Yeah, oh, we got to leave. Yeah, we're going to leave right now because the uh, proprietor of this establishment has to go on live with the folks at Fox 29. That's right. Y'all come back now, you hear? Yeah. Thanks for stopping in. Uh, we do have to do that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. Fox 29, we're going to go on there. And uh, Kevin Costner is going to be on the show this morning. Awesome. Excellent. We'll be right back. up with Preston and Steve, spend your work day with Pierre and Jackson, your evenings with Jackie and Brent, and weekends annoying the neighbors by cranking us up to 11. But why stop there? Anybody know what she's talking about? 
Get your hands on some awesome merch at MMR's Rock Shop now. Clothes, hats, mugs, clocks, puzzles, baby and kid stuff, even a Pierre bobblehead, and more. They make great gifts, too. So get shopping at WMMR.com now. All the merch that rocks. We're going live on Fox Good Day right now. Alex and Mike here with President Steve. Hey. Um, do, while we've been in quarantine, wine sales are way up. You probably know that. I mean, yes, way up. So here is what we found. Which uh, state, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey, do you think drinks the most wine per capita? Oh, uh, yeah. What do you think? New Jersey. That's what I'm uh, that's thinking. That's what I said, too. Yeah. New Jersey. I'm thinking Jersey. Yeah. I'm thinking they, they got hit hardest uh, in, in the tri-state area. And uh, everybody I know from New Jersey is a big alcoholic. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just know, Delaware has nope. total wine. Oh, that's true. And that's why, maybe that's why, Delaware ranks way above New Jersey. Wow. That's and it. And Pennsylvania per capita. Okay, per capita. Astonishing, though, in an area where you have tax-free shopping, you would uh, think you'd be happy enough to not have to drink all the time. But again, apparently it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, but Kathy's right. Total Wine, that place, yep. and it's just... It's a playground for adults. <laughs> yeah, it's Kathy's <laughs> playground. <laughs> Kathy just loves that place. Yeah. Um, so that, that that is kind of interesting. But I know, I think what are the, the alcohol sales have been up 55%. Yes. Woo. I mean, that's astonishing. Uh-huh. So are you two wine drinkers? Preston, do you drink wine? A, a, a dinner wine occasionally. Yeah, that's, that's it. about it for um, me. I don't, I don't drink at all. But my but wife, all, my yeah. wife is a wife aficionado, a wine aficionado. And, and so she has noticed when people come over to the house, you know, obviously prior to the pandemic, um, the, the amount of beer we'd be purchasing for people was diminishing. More people, I think, opt for wine when you oh. get together. Yeah, I was actually, uh, Marissa and I, when, when the uh, pandemic started and the, and the quarantine got in place, uh, we were, we were uh, bartering. So I was bringing her <laughs> wine. My wife doesn't drink anymore, so I have loads of wine at the house. And she was giving me tequila. Uh, so we were swapping that off. It was awesome. Just like they did the old days. I loved it. Yeah. During the yeah. pandemic, I, uh, I joined a wine of the month club. They, they deliver. They loosened all the delivery rules in Pennsylvania. And it's great for that first month. And then they jack the prices up on you the second month. But uh, it's to have wine delivered to your house is a pretty nice um, side benefit of, of everything that we've been going through. Yeah, I was like rationing mine. I had a little stash and I would take a sip at night and just like put it away. Are you, wear, are you wearing out. a flask right now, Alex? Is that the... <laughs> A little stash and a sip a night. I was kind of on the other end. Yeah. I had a large stash and I had more than a sip a night. It's not uncommon at Kathy's house to hear, let me just finish this case and I'll be right up. <laughs> oh, God. By the way, it's good to see Kathy back now, too. We're all back. Yeah. The gang's Beautiful. back together. Yay. Are you really yeah. happy to have Kathy back in studio? My, <laughs> it is. You know, uh, yes. I've had enough of you. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Oh, God, I love Kathy. <laughs> but here's the thing. The top, Idaho, I think, was the one who drinks yeah, the most. Idaho, the people up there in uh, Idaho uh, are drinking more than anybody else per capita. That's interesting because there's actually a large Mormon contingent uh, in Idaho. It's right next to oh. Utah, and there's a, a lot, lot of Mormons that live there. Mormons. And that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> I find that very interesting. A lot of last Mormons. <laughs> okay. Uh, They're drinking and having potatoes. But yeah. then second right behind them. 
maybe they're, you know, that's true. Potato vodka. Uh, Washington, D.C., I get there's a lot of stress there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, it's, it's it'll be weird to, to, to Nick's point about this. When all this passes, the stuff that they've relaxed the laws on, like, you know, uh, again, like being able to get curbside cocktail delivery and stuff yeah. like that, if that remains intact, because... Uh, once the, you know, as they say, once the genie's out of the bottle, it's hard to put that back in. So it'll be weird to see what uh, what the alcohol consumption is like when things start to become more on track. Yeah. Hey, did you guys go out on Friday night or Saturday night? Yeah, last Friday was my uh, uh, anniversary. So my wife oh, and I oh. did actually go out to dinner, which was pretty wild. It was interesting. <laughs> it was different. We're going out to dinner, my wife and I, this weekend. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Okay, so President, it, it ended up nice. Did you hold hands and stuff? Uh, we did. With the waiter. With the waiter, yes. Yeah, yeah. Wearing gloves. <laughs> Thank you both very much. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, see you guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. a bunch. You All right, uh, so we didn't get a look at traffic. We had to jump right into that, so let's take NJM insurance traffic out for a spin. What's going on, Kath? Construction is really the main reason for the delays these days. 95 southbound between the Commodore, Barry Bridge, and Highland Avenue. Uh, we've got jam traffic there. That's construction work. Uh, also across the Walt Whitman Bridge, westbound. You're jammed from the downside to the toll plaza. Uh, 95 southbound out of the northeast, slowing from the Betsy Ross Bridge through to Girard, the boulevard southbound. A little bit of volume here from 9th to Fox Street, and then on 422 westbound between Royersford and Sanatoga, right lane construction until 2 o'clock. No problems on the 42 freeway, Route 55 moving along nicely. Uh, construction, however, set up on the New Jersey Turnpike at the Connector Bridge. The left lane closed. This is in the eastbound direction. This traffic report brought to you by... What's it brought to you by Lowe's? Build Dad's imagination with a gift from Lowe's this Father's Day. Visit Lowe's in-store or online and give Dad a gift that sparks his inner dire. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. And it's brought to you by Horizon Services and their best cooling and heating deal deliveries. Uh, well, well, it delivers 0% interest, zero payments, and for 12 months or more, you can visit horizonservices.com. I think you get the gist. Yes. All right, so I normally lead with something a little over the top, and I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to lead with something so ridiculously mundane, uh, you'll understand. With planes grounded and most tourism on hold during the uh, pandemic, one Taiwanese airport has come up with a unique solution to help citizens get their travel fix. Taipei's Songshan Airport will give 90 people the chance to take a tour of the airport and relive the experience of going through immigration, boarding a plane, and then disembarking and returning home. <laughs> All right. So you go to the airport. All, all, the, all the worst parts of travel. You go through immigration. You, you stand in line. You get on the plane. You get back off, and you go home. <laughs> okay. No. They think this is a good idea. Yeah. To me, it's the actual going somewhere or just sitting in the plane and relaxing. Uh, yes. Uh, so all the other stuff is the stuff that causes the stress. Uh, some countries are already looking to innovate ways to boost their travel industries. In one example, Australia and New Zealand are working to organize a travel bubble between the two countries. You know what, though, Preston? This might be good practice for, for Pierre. If, you know he, if he could have... Uh, like an airport shutdown where he could practice getting to his flight on time. That might improve his quality of life. Uh, Taiwan locked its down its borders in March, and even foreign nationals are still banned from visiting the island. But according to the flyer for the competition, uh, there will be three tours of Songchen Airport July 2nd, 4th, and 7th. Uh, Chin Ching Wang, deputy director of Taipei Songchen Airport, said that the tours will take a half a day and will allow visitors to experience what 
it would be like to go through immigration and then board a plane, followed by re-entering the country through immigration. You get to go through immigration twice. That's awesome. And do they detain you and perform a, ga- a cavity check? Only they, they do a random drawing yeah. of people and they allow That's they the platinum plan. Uh, Wang said that participants will be allowed to get on a plane as if they were boarding for a trip, after which they will disembark and go back through immigration. Do they allow you the experience of lost luggage, for example? Uh, that might yeah. also be part of the platinum package. All right. Welcome to the newest park on the Oregon coast. It is called... Exploding Whale Memorial Park. Oh, my God. Is this where that whale was detonated? The new park is named after the state's decision to blow up a 45-foot, 8-ton whale that washed ashore near Florence in November of 1970. Dude, I might be compelled to visit that. (laughs) Nearly 50 years later, the town asked for name suggestions for its new park. (laughs) It's so iconic. Which is along Rhododendron Drive, and they asked the public to name for name suggestions and held the public vote, and the People have spoken. The city planned to unveil the name at its annual Roadie Days celebration with this year's theme of Blast from the Past. But the coronavirus closures blew those plans out of the water, they said. <laughs> uh, the new park is located on the north side of the uh, Siuslaw River. Uh, KATU's Paul Lindman was at the scene reporting and recording when the blubber went boom. The camera stopped rolling immediately after the blast. But Lemon recalls making his way out of the area as gigantic chunks of blubber fell everywhere. A parked car over a quarter of a mile from the blast site was the target of one of the last chunks. Fortunately, no one was hurt as badly as the car. However, everyone was covered in small particles of dead whale. You I mean, need they to used, see the footage, yeah. They used way too much dynamite for this thing. And a quarter mile away, a car was destroyed. That's how big. That's how big the explosion. These was. chunks of whale. It's hilarious. All right, local wildlife officials in Florida are searching for an alligator that bit a man directly in the face. Travis Spitzer was in waist deep water at Taylor Lake on Friday at around five a.m. looking for a frisbee when the gator bit him in the face. Just like leapt out of the water and clamped onto his head? Yeah, he used his left hand to pry himself free. As a result, he had lacerations to his face and hand. What the hell is going on? He was transported for medical care <laughs> and is expected to recover. Uh, the Florida Wildlife Commission is responding to the for the uh, yeah, responding for the gator. Things just got dark. What's going on? Uh, the incident comes as Florida is at the peak of alligator mating season. Well, you've reported on a number of attacks already. Yeah, which often uh, runs from May to July, depending on temperatures. And during this period, it's not uncommon to see gators roaming around and being more active. All sexed up. Yeah. Uh, the, this is a terrible story. Listen to this. The body of a missing veteran was found in a stairwell on the campus of a Massachusetts VA hospital a month after he was reported missing And he was there the whole time. In the stairwell. The 62-year-old man was found dead in a building on the Bedford Veteran Affairs Hospital campus by another resident. The man, who the district attorney's office declined to name, was last seen at the facility on May 8th and had been reported missing on May 13th. He was found wearing the same clothing he was reported missing in. Oh, man. You know, as things, obviously, things have been in lockdown and certain buildings have not been gone into. And now as things are becoming more relaxed, I wonder if we're going to start seeing more of this sort of stuff, Preston. Well, yeah. And uh, remember in London, they've yeah. uh, a oh, yeah. lot of people they found in their homes that had passed yep. away. Yep. 
Uh, the DA's office is conducting an investigation of the circumstances of his death. Oh, that's so horrible. Uh, the man was a resident of the uh, Caritas Communities, a nonprofit dedicated to preventing homelessness. The organization runs a residential facility called Bedford Veterans Quarters in a space it leases in the section of a building on the VA campus. Uh, Caritas filed a missing persons report uh, for the man on May 13th and had been working with the VA and the Bedford police to find the resident. Caritas said that the man was found in an emergency exit stairwell outside the space leased by Caritas and that it is one of several stairwells that are outside the leased premises of the Caritas communities and are solely controlled by the VA. However, the VA facility said in a statement that the man was found in an area operated by Caritas. So they're they're pushing the blame off on each of other. Of course, yeah. And they don't know exactly what happened as of yet. But that was, uh, I thought that was pretty wild. That is. And there you go, your bizarre file for now. Uh, we're going to take a break, but not before I tell you that we have a special weekend here on MMR. And it is the Dadication Weekend. Oh! Isn't that nice? Uh, so you can call or text or request a song for your dad all weekend long. We're going to be celebrating Father's Day. I love that. With the dads who rock. So that is uh, starting up this weekend. So just giving you a heads up, you want to do something cool and different for dad, get in touch with us here at MMR. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Don't forget, Kevin Costner joining us around 10 o'clock. We'll be right back. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. It's always been Acme's goal to make sure that football fans have everything they need to cheer on the Eagles. And today, that goal is no different. No matter what game days look like this year, they'll be there to help you kick off, cheer from your favorite seat, and host like a pro with all the snacks, party trays, and game day foods you know and love. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, we have a new Daily Rush video. I don't know how this is happening, but it's a, a miracle. And it's called Poo Poo Point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that. The description is Poo Poo Point paragliders provide a pure parade of peril. <laughs> and you can watch it now at PrestonandSteve.com, sponsored by Punchline Philly, Fishtown's first comedy club restaurant and bar. Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to see that now. Yes, poo poo point. I would imagine it has to do with uh, Hawaii because it sounds that way. Because poo poo is uh, used, maybe hang gliding uh, and yeah, something like yeah. that. I, th- I think I remember vaguely what we were talking about. Steve, you had a question or an observation? What yes. was it? Yeah, I was just curious. Uh, for about two days now, they've been doing um, extensive road work at an intersection where I live, and um, it's a normally you know fairly quiet quiet area. The traffic is consistent. There's a, a main conduit road in front of my house but it's never never an issue but they have been jackhammering <laughs> like a lot yeah. and so it was happening the other night and i said to my wife well at a certain point obviously they're going to have to cut back on that it was eight o'clock nine o'clock ten o'clock wow and and loud huh. work you know and, and and cracking the concrete and the pavement, and the guys are busting their asses. My heart goes out to them because, you know, it's incredibly hard work what they're doing, and they're obviously doing something that needs to be done. It's extensive. But officially, when does work like that have to terminate? Because you're literally right up on houses all around. I mean, there are a lot of people, and then a lot of people are just at home in general because of the quarantine mm-hmm. trying to work. I was just wondering... In general, what does the time work like that is supposed to suspend at night? And this is in your neighborhood? In my neighborhood. Yeah. That's a good question because I know they'll work on the highway 
all right. night long. Yep. This this is it's it's a conduit street, so it is a well trafficked street, but it's not like it's City Line Avenue. It's not like that. It, it's a it's um mm. uh you know it's it's just a, a busier street, but it's still. It was going on and on and on. And I was up in my bedroom, so I would go up you know, at 9, and i go to bed around 10, 30, 11 It was o'clock. still going on. It was still going on. Huh. All right, Steve, i got a similar thing going on. I live uh, in Villanova near Route 30, and they are currently um, milling and repaving a long stretch of 30, <laughs> right, which, right. again, needs to get done. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad that they're doing this. It's, it's actually way overdue. Uh, but they're doing it overnight. So, um, and they have decided to park the lights for the overnight construction in our neighborhood, which in and of itself would be fine, except that because they're doing the overnight construction, they are coming to get the the lights and bring them back and forth several times throughout the night. And every time the truck backs up, you hear the beep, beep, beep of the truck backing up. And what I don't quite understand is why are they storing these in a residential neighborhood when there are schools and businesses? Right. And point. Right. And, and so... I, I'm with you 100. percent I want this work to get done. Absolutely, and, and I'm it's glad clear it needs is. to be done. I was just, yeah, I was, I was. It's sort wild of, though. It was sort of wild because the next morning, well, yesterday morning when I woke up, they were still out. I, to to my perception, they had worked through the night. Yeah, and then and then yesterday, my wife was saying from about seven in the morning till about three in the afternoon, there was jackhammering. And and uh, um, the, the cats are looking at me like, what the f's going on? <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, it was just it was it seemed weird. I thought there were certain begin and end points in the day that they usually follow. Well, overnight construction is typical on heavily May- heavily traveled roads, right. right? So I'm wondering if even though it's residential, if they're having to do it overnight because. It is a busy road. It was overnight and during the day. So, so it, 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 yeah. What are they doing? Are they repaving? They, they dug it, a big a ass hole. Okay, a big ass hole, and uh, they are. I. I it's um, maybe they get into the pipes or something. Or? There's a whole bunch mm. of stuff going on, and it's clearly hard work. And there's a large crew out there doing it, and they have a backhoe and all this stuff going there. But it was the jackhammering that I'm like, don't worry, hon. There's no way they can have this go too late, <laughs> and it just kept going. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I I had always heard like you know construction crews uh, like building homes and so forth. There's a time when they can start. Yeah, I don't know about end times. That's what I had always heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but it it might depend on the ordinances in your community. So you yeah. live you live in your area. You're a real residential area, and a, and a, and a it, it's clearly it's a that. Yeah. So so my area is sort of it's it's a residential area. It's for the most part quiet. We have an active street in front of us, a conduit street. But it's, you know, it'll quiet down at certain times on the weekend. It quiets down. I wonder if it falls in a gray area, and that's yeah. why they're allowed to do it. Steve, it might be uh, because it's emergency work. So, oh. this, so listen, this is on Philly.gov. It says construction noise affecting residents should not be louder than five decibels above the background sound level from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. on weekdays and 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. on weekends unless there is an emergency or public works construction. Well, then that's got to be it because yeah. this was way loud and it was going much longer than that. Text coming in say it might be emergency gas line. Uh, where there are no restrictions when that happens. Oh, lovely, Steve. You have a gas line in. Well, the gas the gas know. service is still going on, so that's fine. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. going to go to Will, who works in uh, road construction. Hi, uh, Will. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, guys. Hey, bud. So what what are the rules when it comes to, you know, when you guys have to stop making noise? So, yeah, I we work during the day. Uh, usually our start time is about 7 a.m. for noise. But, uh, Steve, do you live on a... 
state or county road that has a route number assigned to it? It, it might. I mean, it, there's a certain amount of traffic to it. it. It's a conduit street, as I said before, between two right. larger main streets. Uh, but it is, I would describe our area as, as, you know, residential and fairly quiet. It's not a side road. It's not, you know, you're not in the, in the deep recesses of a, you know, uh, like like Preston's area. It's not like that. It's a more traffic. Right. It, it actually might be a, a, a designated route number. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to give away your street. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, what it is is uh, a lot of a lot of companies will work at night. It puts the employees at a lot less risk for getting hit by traffic. Yeah. And it reduces the strain on traffic during the daytime. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Well, just a quick side question: How much do uh, those people that hold those signs that says "slow and stop"? Uh, how much do those guys make an hour? Too much. <laughs> I assume that that's Same not as everybody else. I would imagine. But is that is that a one single designated job, or is that like a rotation? Would that would the person who's holding a sign like that then be able to hop up into one of the pieces of equipment? Do they rotate it that way? Or is there one specific it, sign occupation? It depends. There are companies that um, solely do traffic that you can hire while you put all your guys to work. All right, take care of all your traffic. Safety okay. Needs. But will do they? They make like fifty bucks an hour. I don't know about that much, but from the guys I've seen where I work, they make too much. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's Will's take on that. I imagine yeah, when they put it. you on sign details, it's got to be kind of nice. You just kind of I think hang so. Out and yeah. spin the sign. And you're lord of the traffic. Yeah. yeah. Stop. You make the call. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Go. All right. Thanks, Will. By the Appreciate way, it. I always wave, like, Me thank too. you to those guys. I, I do, too. too. Yeah. I don't know if you're, yeah. like, if they're care or not, but I'm like, okay, thanks. It's a pleasantry. I think it's <laughs> yeah. just like... I mean, and you know they you catch know. a lot of guff, those poor bastards. Yeah. I mean, so maybe that's why they earn all that extra battle pay, because people are cursing at them. A number of people are pointing out, Steve, that when describing this <laughs> hole in your street, you said it was a big ass hole. Yep. <laughs> uh, it, as we saying, a big right, ass right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it's a big ass hole. That's what yeah. uh, uh-huh. people wanted to point out, so yeah. thank you for that. Just as long as there's a Slight pause. Slight pause. Absolutely. Um, Like, you can say Michael Hunt. Yes. Yes. You can't say Mike. Well, sure you can. You can say Mike Hunt. Yes. Absolutely. All right, let me go to uh, (laughs) Tim. Hey, Tim, good morning. Hi, I'd like to place an order for a Kenny Knighty. (laughs) I think you said you have one in the house, right? My wife does. Man, mm, you know, we, sh- we should have a little retro gear in the uh, MMR good, Rock that's Shop. That's a good idea. Kenny like 90s. Uh, Tim, you work in construction. Uh, yes, a few years ago, I was doing a uh, horizontal boring, uh, which is basically drilling tunnels uh, horizontally through the ground. Um, and it was underneath the SEPTA railway down in the greatest county ever invented, Delco. <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> boring. <laughs> And SEPTA uh, demanded that we do the boring, that we start the boring no earlier than 11 p.m. Uh, due to the train schedules and blah, 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 or whatever. Um, and because it was uh, it was for the uh, water line or waistline, I don't remember which it was, um, but we were there for about four hours. So at about 2, 3 two, o'clock in the morning, we were still smack dab in between two residential apartment buildings and the machines there are, well, they're not quiet. So um, we didn't really face resistance from the uh, from the tenants, but we could tell that 
it was not something that they wanted to be lulled to sleep by. <laughs> yeah, well, which, I mean, I, they were very loud and awful. Yeah, Tim, they probably, I mean, they know you're obviously doing something that needs to be done there. You're ripping up the road, and it's something, as Preston said, what if it's like a gas leak or something like that that could end up blowing those buildings up? They're, they're cool with that. But it is like, I think most people assume that at a certain point you have to suspend work so that people can get some. I was just stunned at how late the work was going. But if it was emergency work, then I guess that makes sense. But it was just weird yeah. that jackhammering was going on as long as it was going on. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it, man. Got it. Yeah, that Look. noise is annoying. And you... So you close the door in the house. Yep, yep. By the way, Casey, a number of people are texting in that is called the Flagger Force. Yes. Uh, and I've heard several people text in around $10 an hour, and a couple people said $15, $16 an hour. Okay. So maybe you heard 50 when somebody told you 15 As, That might have been it. Possible. Or it might have been another job Fitty. that I heard was 50 bucks an hour. Okay. Either way. It was Fluffer. <laughs> Fluffers. Yeah, you're you're getting robbed if you're doing that with your mouth and you're only getting 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, uh, listen, Father's Day, we've mentioned it a number of times. It's coming up this Sunday. Yes. Uh, and uh, Father's Day is nice. I really don't expect a whole lot other than just kind of leave me alone or don't make me do anything that's Re- more like it not remind me, me of what it was like when you weren't here no it's yeah. more of i, I just don't <laughs> want to have to do anything that's not leave me alone but i you know yeah yeah i think that's all that i want that's I, fine i just had yeah i get that i get that it's it's a time to just do be, you do you although rochelle's gone above and beyond she bought me a new grill which i which she didn't just go get a grill so we went and got it yesterday she's like this is for your what'd you get because i got a new grill got a weber man weber nice. genesis 2 okay i have my, my where'd old, you get it uh at ace hardware okay uh but uh anyhow uh the old weber that i've had has lasted forever. Yeah. So I I was absolutely going to get that product again. Weber's the mofo. They're the best. They're really, so I, I bought, yeah. I got mine from Sequoia, and I got the, the, the burger grill. And mm-hmm. honestly, this thing is indestructible. It's the number one burger grill as rated by CNET. And then honestly, if you're talking about where to get good food advice from a tech site, that's yes. what you want to go yeah. to. But, um, yeah, those those are solid grills. Does, so does it have all the extra sub burners and all that stuff? No, I don't want any of oh, that. Oh, you don't want I, that? I don't. Uh, never use them. I, I bought one grill that had a, a side burner one, uh, and never used it. I used it maybe once when I first got it. And then I'm like... I. I don't use this. When you accidentally cooked your phone. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need that. My wife bought me a Blackstone. We actually picked it up a couple of weeks ago. And so that is, uh, and so there's this new sort of rage. My buddy Jeff has one. It's not a Blackstone, but it's it's basically just a giant griddle. Yes. Uh, You know, like giant fryer. And I... Love it. Yeah, you have been uh, you've been doing quite a bit on that. I, Why is that different than a grill for you? Because you were always intimidated by the grill. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm just not that. I'm not I'm a simple a, man. I'm a simple man. I'm not a good cook. Uh, I have a hard time, and even still with this Blackstone, I have a hard time like um, timing things out. Right. right. It's okay. Um, I'm kind of like your wife. Everything's being cooked on like high heat. Yeah. And so I'm learning. You know. How just takes, to it's just experience. Yeah, you yeah. just got to you got to spend time with it. But. I haven't cooked anything like really crazy uh, extensive. You know, I've done burgers and yeah. uh, you know breakfast and cereal. Cereal. Yeah. I've not cooked cereal. No, but I you know I'm, I'm cooking breakfast and stuff like that. But like eventually, I'll you know I did like sausage and peppers and cheesesteaks. But I'm I'm gonna get like a little bit better. You can I, do cheesesteaks on that on that bad boy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I because uh, you can't do those on the regular grill. No, yeah, they would just fall right through. <laughs> yeah. Like I've tried to make pancakes on a regular grill, and it just keeps falling through the grill. What I, you uh, can do is you can you can get something to put on a regular yeah, yeah. grill where you can cook those. Good so. idea. Oh yeah. yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> I um, I love grilling. I have a great grill as well. It's really the, my contribution to cooking. And uh, Preston, this is a plug that's not a plug, but Cinch that you endorse. They are so easy. They're so awesome. I, I ordered a tank the other day, and it's showing up on Friday. So Excellent. I turned my father onto them as well, and he's going to get it too. Well, speaking of dad, speaking of your father, uh, it was uh, so. This is the origin of Father's Day. Yes. If, you, if you'd like to know how this came about and when we started celebrating Father's Day and so on. It's always good to learn. Uh, in July 1908, just two months after the first Mother's Day was celebrated, a West Virginia church had organized a memorial event for, the, and this is an interesting start to this, uh, a, a memorial event for 362 men who had died in a mining accident earlier that year. Oh, geez. So that yes. must have been a just a huge tragedy for uh, that community. And I was unaware of this no. this incident, but 362. Technically, the first public event meant to honor the fathers, it didn't catch on as the an, as an annual cause, but that's kind of the the the, the somewhat that gave the the first idea uh, to do a celebration of fathers. So these were all guys, right. most of them dads, 362. So it came 2 years later. Uh, and a few thousand miles away, when a Washington resident named Sonora Smart Dodd had lobbied the city of Spokane to recognize a day for fathers. Uh, Dodd's father had raised six children after his wife died in childbirth, and Dodd wanted to arrange a citywide celebration of fatherhood on his birthday, June 5th, 1910. Huh. Mm-hmm. Officials agreed, but they shifted the date to June 19th. That's no good. To give them more time to prepare. And according to Live Science, Spokane residents spent the first Father's Day distributing red roses to fathers at a church service and pinning them to their chests to honor their own dads, red for the living and white for those who had died. Hmm. Uh, Spokane continued to celebrate Father's Day each year and a number of other local Father's Day events uh, sprang up around the county. Or around the country, I mean. As the holiday gained popularity, presidents began to take notice. President Woodrow Wilson endorsed Spokane's tradition with a telegram. I endorse Spokane's tradition (laughs) of celebrating the fathers. It was uh, a telegram he sent in 1916. (laughs) And then President Calvin Coolidge voiced his support of a state saying... I also encourage the celebration of the father. (laughs) Thanks, Cal. <laughs> a state-sanctioned Father's Day in 1924. But it would still be another 42 years before the federal government officially recognized the holiday. In 1966, President Lyndon B. Johnson issued a proclamation stating Father's Day should be celebrated nationwide on the third Sunday in June. So huh. that's when they decided to kind of... Let's see if you can't leave the names from the where the separate... Round uh, under my back to my bunghole, the crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight. That's his official proclamation. Bunghole. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the bunghole clip again, if you don't mind. Let's see if you can't believe me about it. An inch from the where the zipper the uh, ends. Round uh, under my back to my bunghole. Yes, Mr. President. <laughs> we'll get right on that, sir. He burps in the middle of this when he's talking about his bunghole. Under my, around to my, back to my bunghole, where your nuts hang. The crotch down where your nuts hang is always a little too tight. <laughs> it was for Hagar Slacks? Yeah, Hagar Slacks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I All still, 
I will never get over Let's it. Let's see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper uh, ends <laughs> round uh, <laughs> under my back to my bunghole. Happy Father's Day. Is, is that is that what you're talking about the Father's Day? <laughs> what? What? Trying to get a good pair of pants, you dumbass. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> what are you, moron? <laughs> um, and it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so Lyndon B. Johnson issued a proclamation stating that Father's Day should be celebrated nationwide on the third Sunday in June. Let's see if you can't leave me about an inch from the, where the zipper ends round uh, under my, back to my bunghole. Uh, butthole, got that. <laughs> right bunghole, Mr. President, yes. <laughs> And uh, President Richard Nixon actually signed it into law in 1972. So 1972 was the official. Yes. That's when it was nationally recognized. National recognition of Father's Day. Uh, and there, Mother's Day came when? Um, it, it came in 19... Hold on a second. It was the, when we kicked off here. I propose a celebration <laughs> of motherhood. <laughs> it was 1908. Right, started here, right, in Philly? Uh, uh, oh, I don't know. Mother's Day? I believe there's a plaque somewhere downtown. I, I think we've talked about this in the pa- uh, in the past, but there's one of those blue and oh, yeah. uh, yellow plaques that says, uh, on this site uh, in Philadelphia, celebrated the very first Mother's Day. Okay. On the same, uh, the home of the Stoogerium. Yes. Right across. It's only open <laughs> once every three months. I <laughs> celebrate, I suggest a national celebration of the three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mother's Day. Here you go. Here's yeah. that actual sign. Let me yeah. see. Founded by Anne, Anna Jarvis of Philadelphia. First of, uh, first officially, I'm sorry, observed in 1908. It honored motherhood and family life at the time of raising, of rising feminist activism. An early supporter was John Wanamaker. I suggest we <laughs> celebrate motherhood and all its benefits to society. Uh, whose uh, store stood opposite Mother's Day. Uh, or opposite, oh, of where the sign is, yeah. I guess. Uh, Mother's Day was given federal recognition in 1914. Of course it was su- uh, supported by John Wanamaker. He wants you to spend money yeah. at, at his store. store. Yeah. Uh, so there were a few different theories that could explain the decades-long delay of Father's Day. Because you had Mother's Day starting in 1914, then it took till 1972 till Father's Day came out. One... Uh, many had spoken out against the commercialization of Mother's Day, including its founder, Anna Jarvis. Huh. And politicians were worried the same thing could happen if they elevated... Why don't you stop a sock in it? <laughs> ...elevated Father's Day to a national level. Uh, so... it, it is... It is... That one's not so bad. I don't mind Mother's Day and Father's Day. Mother's Day certainly is is, is a wonderful Day. thing. You know, some of them smack of it, but you know, again, it's that case. We I used the phrase earlier. You know, when the, the genie's out of the bottle, it's hard to put it back in. And you know, there's no way to argue now. It's it's a thing. Yeah, and it's and it will be forever. By the way, you know, our, our wedding anniversary was last Friday. Our kids had no clue, none at all. Is that something that you drive into your kids, their anniversary? Because when I was a kid, our parents' anniversary, it wasn't like a big deal. But right. we, we did have to know that it was coming up and we were expected to maybe get something or do something special or something like that. We we were aware, but there, it was not a thing that we participated okay. in. So yeah. that, that was from earliest um, you know, our, our, when we were little kids. And, and, yeah. and it, never, it was never something that our parents situated for us to... 
honor or participate. Yeah. No, not participate. But we would oft- uh, We also do, we celebrate each of the children's conception days, uh, you know, much like uh, Drax did in, uh, <laughs> what is that? The conception. You know when your kids were conceived? Exactly? No. Actually, I know when my when Avery was conceived. I know. <laughs> I know when, uh, when Parker was conceived, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was because there, there was it was a window. We were we were traveling, and and then I left, and this was in a, in a window before and after. We we weren't able to have sex. We just had this one shot at and it. And I went for it. And we did, and, and it took. Hole in okay. one. Yeah. Yeah, um, Avery was conceived in San Francisco. How do you, you, know how do you sure. celebrate your... I, it was a joke. It was a terrible joke. Uh, oh, I thought you were legit. No, because it Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy talks about how everybody has a hang-up, and they would often, you know, tell, recall stories of, of how... In times of crisis, <laughs> we can turn to Drax for I think this. we can. I All right, so uh, they were worried that uh, it might be over-commercialized. Uh, some historians have suggested... 20th century fathers simply weren't keen on the sentimental nature of the holiday. Do most of the dads that you know, is it is it vitally important? Do they no, get they, into it? Most of the dads I know appreciate it. Yes. Uh, and that's and, nice. And that it's... Uh, that's enough. That, yeah, that I, I get to go play golf or yeah. I get to mm-hmm. do whatever you do or just relax. Uh, and so, listen, we did it for mom, so yeah, turn about... F you! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they said that uh, plus since they were the primary breadwinners, many uh, would have been buying gifts with their own money. This yeah. was back in the day, you know, uh, for that consideration. Wait, and what are the classic Father's Day gifts? You know, because there, there's a set. A tie. A tie. Golf balls. Socks. socks golf yeah. balls. A ball um, gag. A ball gag or two. Um, bowling boo- ball, booze, booze. Uh, isn't, I know I'm probably going to get some booze. So the grilling utensils, the, the, the grill stuff. Yeah, all the, all the classic dad gifts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tool set, tool kit. Yeah, an apron. Yeah, a bra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I got so many aprons over the years. I never ever wear, wear an, an apron. apron. Yeah, it was like kiss the cook with a big picture of Gene Simmons on the front of it. You know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's kind it of was bad. cool. That's yeah. so funny. If you don't what? want that, that one, I'll take that. Funny. You don't find it humorous. <laughs> I don't find that funny at all. Especially if I was grilling chicken. Exactly. Yeah. Murderer. Yeah. <laughs> Aprons are such a good idea, but they really, are. I don't know anyone that actually yeah. uses it. Listen, when I worked in a kitchen, I wore an apron. Yeah. And it was handy because you were getting mess and you would use it to, to clean stuff up with. But around the house, to stop and put that thing on, no. Not worth and, it. An apron is not a flattering piece of apparel, too. <laughs> no. Unless you're the you know leather face in the Texas Chainsaw Mask, uh, but I am looking forward to get my new grill. And, and so when's it coming? Uh, tomorrow. You have uh, to put it together. No, that's good. We're no. getting what's called white glove service. Nice. Uh, where they will set it up where I want it, and they will take my old one away. That's good. So that's wonderful. Because that's my the other thing. Play with their toys. Uh, where uh, when, when you, my children grill their chicken. That's the thing you don't consider when you when you get a new appliance of some sort. Mm-hmm. You got to get rid of the old one. Get, and you're like, oh, God, what do we do? Spring, if you can do it, spring for the removal of the old one. Yes. Never build it yourself <laughs> if you can avoid that. <laughs> I built my Blackstone by myself. Did you? you? Yeah. Yeah. It was so freaking heavy. So it the, was, the, the Blackstone really... is the rage now, huh? where it's just basically a, like an outdoor griddle. Yeah. And, and but, like the griddle part is so big and dense and heavy that like when we... we you know, somehow got it into the car, and then when we got back to the house, I basically I had to take the take it 
uh, out of the box piece by piece. I, yeah. There was no way I was going to be able to carry the whole box to the back of the house. So we're going to try and install some lights. Um, this is electrical stuff in the right? house. In the house, I told Rochelle we went. To, we wanted to get um, um, LCD uh, panels, you know, uh, instead of these fluorescent lights, and put these in. Right. And I'm like, well, we should get somebody and install them. She's like, no, we'll do it. I'm like, what are you talking about? We'll do it. She's like, I put in a ceiling fan in your room. We can do this. I'm like, you put in a ceiling fan in my room? <laughs> I didn't know you did that. Okay. And, well, YouTube, uh, right? Yeah, she just yeah. goes, hey, you take the black wire and this wire and you do the ground and blah, 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 and you twist them together and there you go. And of course, that's Rochelle. Yeah. Did she re- Did she hide the wires? Did she run the wires up in the wall and stuff? No, they're like already there. Oh, they're already yeah, there. Yeah, for All like right. a um, an overhead, um, uh, what do you call it? Light, lamp. Yeah, but uh, um, not a dome light, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so you just use those. Ones. I, so I installed a ceiling fan just a few months ago. Press, if I can make a suggestion uh, for when you guys do these lights, is uh, contact Pico and shut down the grid for the entire neighborhood. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll do yes. that. Yes, yeah. Everybody will appreciate it. You may file when ready. Yeah. <laughs> Deactivate grid A74. Mm. Yeah, it's a wonder I'm getting anything for Father's Day. I'm the one who doesn't do any of that <laughs> standard father stuff around the house, the man stuff. Somebody pointed out on the text that uh, it's really not not a shock that your kids forgot your anniversary, considering you also forgot your anniversary. <laughs> that is a very good point. It's It should start at the top, right? Yeah. And then uh, the buck stops here. And work its way down. So, uh, But anyhow... Father's Day is going to be lousy weather-wise this weekend. They're calling for thunderstorms on Sunday, so it's going to be... Stay inside. No golf. Relax. Yeah, just take it You easy. can't golf at all, though, right? Your shoulder's so shot. I'm done. But the drumming is okay. The drumming's fine. Okay. Working so... on some new videos. All right. I'm, I'm so excited. I could explode. I don't want to tell you guys about what I'm doing, but I can't. It's all a surprise. I really? think you've told me. Uh, I got a couple surprises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because there's one of them that I think is probably the greatest thing I've ever heard, uh, especially... Uh, in general. Uh, they'll be coming soon. So yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Yep. Mm. Um, Are you doing any porn? Uh, not yet, uh, right. but uh, we'll see. We shall see. And we've seen uh, SpongeBob get oral. Oh, my kind. God. We saw that yesterday. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Ridiculous. You think he's the only... There's got everybody else has got to be. It's not just SpongeBob, right? Like, oh, if there's a cartoon Squidward. character, everybody, there is, there is some sort of porn of every beloved cartoon character around. Yep. It's, it's a fact. So yeah. weird. Watch some for Father's Day this weekend, <laughs> if you'd like to. Um, okay, you know what? I think we should take a break yeah. and uh, come back in a moment. We do want to try to stay on time because Mr. Kevin Costner will be joining us around 10 a.m. We're going to talk to him it's about so his, cool. sh- his show Yellowstone. And actually, he's got some music out that he's promoting. We'll come back in just a moment, so make sure that you stay with us. Back in the olden days, about five years ago, your only options to keep listening to WMMR when you got home would be to drive your car into your living room or turn on something called a radio. But now, through modern technology, the smart speaker that's secretly collecting data on you... What did you say? ...can also stream WMMR. Just tell Alexa or Google to open MMR, and magically, we'll come streaming into your home. Plus, it may help distract your device from becoming self-aware. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. So, uh, I think that we should... 
uh, delve into the world of food, if you don't mind. I know really? I didn't tell we you ahead of time. We have to. But, uh, this, this, yeah. These stories are just piling up. we got to get to them. Yep. So there's a lot of uh, stories that have to do with grub. It's time for the connoisseur and all things coronavirus. Am I just assuming? No, it's not necessarily corona-related. There's a little bit in there, a for sure. A little bit, but some other stuff. You're going to enjoy. <laughs> Sit down and mind you. You know what I've realized is that uh, I don't know how to spell the word connoisseur. And oh, so me neither. Uh, it's I a jot, bitch. Whenever I jot down a note. That you know, I have connoisseur yeah, stories. I, I just spell it. Let me try C O N N E S I U. Go ahead. I have no idea. I, I, I don't know how to yeah, spell it. I, I Nick would have to tell us C O N N O I S S E U R. Okay, so I wrote C O N N E S E U R. Connoisseur. Connoisseur. So C O N N I? No, O I. O I. S S E U R. Conwasser. Conwasser. It's like the Schuylkill. Anytime I have to spell that, oh. I just put 76. <laughs> Me too. I do the same thing. Or the expressway. Yeah. Because I just never not, yeah, have taken the time and forget it. So, all right. Anyhow, none of us know, except Nick, know how to spell connoisseur. Um, so, yeah, Steve, we'll start with one that is uh, kind of corona related. All right. 7-Eleven Day comes each year on July 11th to celebrate the convenience store's birthday by giving all customers a free Slurpee. And remember, they used to, used to be able to bring over whatever size container oh, you yeah. wanted. Let me tell you something. Fill it up. Having been in a 7-Eleven on Slurpee Day a number of times, mm-hmm. it is almost a religious experience. The containers that come in, I've seen people bring in children's wading pools. Mm. They uh, <laughs> it, it typically attracts millions of fans to stores, which could understandably make things tricky with social distancing measures in place. So... Uh, they're going to be marking their birthday in a few different ways this year. They'll be donating uh, one uh, one million meals to Feeding America. Ah. So that's pretty awesome. <clears throat> and additionally, there is still a way for you to get a free Slurpee. On July 1st, all seven rewards loyalty app members <clears throat> excuse me, will receive a coupon for one free medium Slurpee in their account. Do you think maybe they do that whole uh, bring your own container because... It's almost like a little bit more cost effective because they don't have to like give away the cups as well. I never thought it. I just thought it was a uh, a novelty. I, I think. Just, I mean that too, but that I was mean, the catch. I the, oh my god, I can bring whatever I want. But right. honestly, when you stop and think about it, the best way to drink a Slurpee is in their pre-designed Slurpee cups. Yeah, I know, Casey. That when I worked at McDonald's, uh, we did a, a cost breakdown of what it uh, everything in the store cost, and this was McDonald's in the nineties. But the the um, Cup. Straw, the cup, and the lid for a Coca-Cola cost more than the Coca-Cola and the ice. That's what I assume, Because right? it, it, the Coke comes from syrup, and well, so they buy that on, in, on mass, and it's just not very cost. Uh, it's not very expensive for McDonald's to produce the Coke itself. The classic Slurpee oh. cup has a larger opening in the top of the container to accommodate the larger-than-usual Slurpee straw. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, what is your favorite mm-hmm. Slurpee uh, flavor? I don't really do Slurpees anymore. I gave them up uh, a long time ago. They're really good for you. I <laughs> I always gravitated towards the red or cherry. Yeah, yeah. You know? I that, that was like the... Tr- you, you, that, you too? That, well, it? that was like our big treat as a kid. We were allowed to ride our bikes to 7-Eleven when we got a little bit older because there was a road that, you know, was a little dangerous to cross. So when we got older, we were allowed to cross it, go to 7-Eleven, and like that was the big treat was the Slurpee. Yeah. I was always the, the Coke. Yeah. The Coke, the, the, the Slurpee Coke was my uh, cocaine. No, the Slurpee Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. my favorite. I my also favorite. think that we weren't allowed to get the Coke because <laughs> I don't know why, because that was my mom's role. <laughs> I tell you what, if you are prone to having uh, the brain freeze, the Slurpee for me is the thing that will deliver it the quickest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. By the way, Marissa handed a note. She was a half cherry, half 
Coke girl. Oh, Ooh, yeah. cherry yeah. Coke. That's good. Yeah. So cherry. That's, that's always the way to go. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't do those anymore. Um, well, it, it's hard to it's hard to justify it to yourself. If I'm having a hard time convincing myself that I can have pancakes, uh, it's, it's, it's well <laughs> even more of a battle. It's than, not uh, that. It's just that if I'm going to go that route and it's going to be cold and high in calorie, then I'm going milkshake. Something yeah. better. I'm going milkshake right. will yeah. always always trump a Slurpee. Yeah. Well, so now, um, like Wawa, they have they the milkshake machines. No, well, they yeah. So that that's the real machines, but no, they have a icy, icy. machines. Yeah, it's the yeah. same exact thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my kids still love them, but I do remember those Seven Eleven when they when they did. When they were the innovators of the big gulp, the the gigantic cup. Oh they were the my first ones god! To go. And then they had super big gulp, <clears throat> and then you could get gigantic Slurpees there too. How many fluid ounces in a super big gulp? Do you remember? Don't remember. I, it, to me, it seemed like you were drinking a full liter of soda. It was yeah, it was ridiculous, I, and I, we would we would abuse that. We just bought them all the time, and then. You know, as I was a teenager, because amongst our friends, it was like how many you could drink and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I I remember. So I used to. It was a precursor to binge drinking, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just never made the leap. Yeah, we're looking at a couple of the, the different mugs and cups that came along on the uh, the, the big gulp scale. Jeez. What's that last one? The luscious gulp. <laughs> Extreme gulp. Oh, I can't read. That has yeah. a that's a that's a mug. A super. It's almost like it's it's basically a big gulp beer stein. All right, so here you go. Nick Beth got the breakdowns. Oh, this. All right, so you had the big gulp was thirty ounces. <laughs> yeah. Super big gulp was forty ounces, and then you have the double gulp, which is fifty ounces. Oh so how many? A liter of soda is approximately how many ounces? ounces I don't know. Um, uh, hey Siri, how many ounces is uh, what? A liter. A liter. 33.81 fluid ounces. So it's almost 50 oh is getting God. in the neighborhood <gasps> in the neighborhood of 2 so, liters. Just a little bit more. So your drink liters. that you're walking around with with a straw in is ba- almost 2 liters of soda. Wow. Wow. Uh well they the, listen, they were extremely popular. Um so yeah, no uh no official I knew a dude who 7-Eleven day. His thing was Preston, he would get the quart of iced tea. With the handle on it, uh-huh. oh and he he would drink that, yeah, out of the container. I, I'll see guys, uh, construction guys, doing that, landscaping yeah. guys. You know, they'll, yeah. they'll carry that around. Yeah. And um, uh, I guess it's just easiest for yeah. him too. Um, well, let's stay with excess on another uh, another connoisseur story, uh, and this has to do with the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Uh, they do it uh, at Coding Island on Fourth of July. Yes, it's, it is a uh, it's a legendary event. Is it? Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, okay. It's been going on, dude. It started. I'll, I'll give you the uh, how it all began here in just a second. But I here's... suggest we hold a hot dog eating contest to recognize the Fourth of July. Uh, <laughs> the the first recorded contest was 1972, but the first ever unofficial contest was 1916. Wow. And this is according to their uh, their website. It was when four immigrants gathered at the very first Nathan's famous hot dog stand in Coney Island and made an eating and made eating contest history. They said, as the story goes, they were competing to see who was the most patriotic. So, how did they determine the winner with a hot dog eating contest? Really? Yes. And so that's what they did. They did it there. By the way, a Coney Island, a a, a Coney Island hot dog. The, the 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 what's on that? 
Is it a, is it a chili dog? Um, so, mm. you know, having a classic Nathan's, I always had it the way I always eat it, which is just with mustard. I'm, I'm not a big, you know. Uh, so here, here's the breakdown, there Preston. Bun obviously. topped with a savory meat sauce and sometimes other toppings, often <laughs> referred to as part of a menu of classic American diner dishes when offered at Coney Island restaurant. I couldn't suck a lot of those. I mean, mm-hmm. if that's what they're eating for the eating contest, I always thought it was kind of just a regular hot dog and a roll. With, no, yeah. it is, Steve, for uh, for the Nathan's. Yeah. It's just the dog and bun. That's yeah. right, because you, 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 you would die if you ate that. But sometimes on menus, you'll see a Coney Island. A Coney Island, Island. So okay, yeah. That's what that is. So right. the part that grosses me out the most about this hot dog eating contest is not the excess, it's not the gluttony of it all. It's when they dip the... The bun, the, and water. the bun and water. Well, that, that's, <laughs> that's how they were able to eat some. That was a revolutionary technique. It may, and I don't know if uh, Joey Chestnut came up with that idea or yeah. not. Or if it was... Um, Who's the Japanese competitor? Yeah, Nick, we had him by Kobayashi. Kobayashi. Apparently, that changed things. Once they started oh, yeah. doing that, it was like, whoa. The the real revelation when we talked to him is that you thought, okay, so leading up to this, you have to... Starve yourself? No, he actually. I think he actually skipped up his eating to stretch out the okay. uh, the stomach. Okay. How many hot dogs do you think he could eat in one in one sitting? One sitting? No, it, with no time limit. I mean, just like for dinner or whatever. I used to eat two hot dogs an hour. An hour? Something like I'll give that. Give me an hour. How many hot dogs? Not that no, many. No. Yeah. You know, I uh, two. Two. I, I, one is one is not quite enough. Two, and I feel a little stuffed. Actually, so I used to get the Seven Eleven hot dogs all the time for dinner, the the, the all beef, you know, because they're really good. Yeah, and uh, it would be the the two, just two would get it done. And those and are big ones too. Those are like quarter pound hot if dogs, you, right? If or, you, or you you just getting the regular. I get the regular. Okay, yeah, but they're really good. Can we agree that a hot dog always tastes best best at the ballpark? Yes, <laughs> except There's, on Dollar Dog Night. Why? Be- why because they sell too many and they're not cooked enough. Oh, uh, and always I, an issue. <laughs> there is. But I went to Dollar Dog Night one time expecting I'll to never eat. forget it. Well, I was expecting <laughs> to eat nine hot dogs. That was like the, the goal yeah. was a hot Tonight dog. Tonight I'm going to eat nine hot dogs. I hope everything goes well. Not just a hot dog, but any like a beer and a dog for each inning, which you would just be plastered. Casey, I yeah. Like, yeah I don't see. Wouldn't you vomit after nine? Yeah, you can't eat nine, nine hot, hot dogs. Nine hot dogs. One per inning? During the course of a game. Yeah. I thought, well, no, I couldn't do it. I thought I could, and then I was, like, super disappointed in, in uh, two things. A, I barely got through four innings, and B, the hot you dogs. You ran over a kid. They couldn't. The turnover was, too, you know, because yeah. everybody's there for dollar dog night, and the dogs were, like, lukewarm. And I undercooked. can't I can't do that. I, need I got to, you. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Uh, we used to, we used to use raw hot dogs for uh, like fishing bait when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Sit there and gnaw on a raw hot dog. Oh. Wire. Yeah, <laughs> sounds disgusting to you, right? I do. Not. I used I mean, to do it when I was a raw. kid. They're they're cooked. They're they just are cold. Cooked. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but anyhow, uh, here's what they're going to do uh, for this year's. They are um, they're they're going to follow safety measures. Um, they will only have five eaters at a time rather than the usual fifteen. Mm. Uh, and they, there will be, it, the contest will be a 10 minute sprint and competitors will eat as many hot dogs as humanly possible, which is the way they do it. Uh, but they're going to have five at a time. And what were the other restrictions? I thought I had these here. Um, yeah, they had them listed. Yeah. 
Let's see. Uh, it says here that uh, last year Joey Chestnut ate 71 hot dogs. 71 On hot the men's dogs. side in 10 minutes. In 10 minutes. And uh, Mickey Sudo on the women's side put down 31 of them. Chestnut, by the way, has held the title of reigning champ a total of nine times for eight consecutive years. I wonder... 2007, 2014, and again in 2016. So on a medical level, are there? Would you, do you imagine there'd be any long-term issues with that level of consumption uh, you know, especially because I'm sure he does other eating contests besides that. I mean, I can, can that damage you? Well, it can't be good for you. Yeah, no, right? mm-hmm. I right, also, so, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. We got a text. This is about our moose. I believe so. Uh, okay, so Connor, also known as Moose. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it says here can eat nine at Dollar Dog Night. What? Well, get him on. Get him on in here. No way. Yeah. I want to see if that's Connor. Get, get in here. Wait, where's Moose? Uh, he's in the other room. Why don't you forget the Moose? Here he comes. For a moment. We right. can't. Uh, yeah, I could see him doing it. He's a really. He's a hearty fellow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a lot. You can do nine. Yeah. I've like, done it before. Have you done it more than once? Last year. Okay. A nine uh, and how long, uh, Connor? I was going to do one an inning, and yeah. then I was hungry, so I had like <laughs> three in the first. Three. Was, well, okay. I didn't eat all day because it's yeah. dollar dog night. So. Okay. Oh, so you save up? Yeah, you save up and yeah. eat. And then, then they were scoring a lot. I was like, oh, I'll just do one for every run. And then it hit a grand slam, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I just started to uh, just keep going. So, quick question: uh, any any toppings or just mustard? Just just plain. Okay, just plain. Nothing. Yeah, you can't when it's dollar dog night. You just yeah. gotta eat them. Oh, you, you can do mustard. mustard. I mean, when you're going for nine and in it, yeah, 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 yeah. nine a game. Oh, so. so. How did you pace it out eventually? Was it three uh, there in the was beginning? No okay, it, it was just just go. Yeah. So, but wow. three at the beginning, and then one per inning, starting in the fourth. No, it was one per run. Okay. Do you think you could do uh, besides? Is it just particular hot dogs in particular, or could you? I'm not like some massive eating guy. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Just... All right. Were you pretty stuffed after nine? Oh, I was like barely can move. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it got uncomfortable. Did you crap yeah. a Shetland pony? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> did you drink anything? Water. Okay. Okay. Water's got to be water's yeah. the key because if that's what they're using to, uh, could you you wouldn't do the deal of dipping in water, right? That's, no, that's no, it wasn't like speeding. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like you yeah. just eat it and then <laughs> right. have another. Yeah, one. I would imagine anything carbonated yeah. is only going to make it worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think um, your stomach. You kind of have, have a brand muffin before. The idea is like try and eat as much as you can as uh, as quickly as you can because after a while your body does send Rejects signals. It. Well, no, no, your body sends signals to your brain saying, "No, I'm full." And so it takes a little while for your body to really get that sensation. Right. So that's our, like a Tim Graham who works in our sales department. Dude, he, like, I don't know how he does it, but at, when he goes out to lunch or whatever, he'll eat a half of a sandwich. And he purposely, he waits because he knows that his body, it takes a little while for his body to say to a signal, no, you have been nourished. You're yeah. fine. That's that's one of the secrets of weight loss mm-hmm. is, is like a smaller plate and eating just that amount and stopping. Yeah. And waiting because in a little while you're going to feel satisfied. At that point in time, everything still tastes really good. Uh-huh. You want more of that that taste sensation and you're really actually good if you just stop. Because how many times have you eaten too much and gone, "Man, I should have stopped." <laughs> yes. And, every every uh, you, time you didn't every time, and you didn't because you're better than that. You are better than that. So you're better than that. That ain't you. So you can, if you if you do with smaller portions, you will find that you are satisfied. That should play on the menu when you order. Yeah, I think, I think I'll have I'll have a, a full uh, full sandwich and some fries and yeah. a large coke, and then the audio kicks in. You're better than that. You're better than that. Well, no, the audio that kicks in for me, I go, okay, uh, lunch is over. And then the audio kicks in and says, Nothing 
is over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, hey, this is uh, interesting. Uh, somebody texted and said, Dollar Dog Night Hack. Bring your own bottle of mustard. No waiting in condiment line or unwrapping foil. That's taking it to another level. <laughs> a right, bottle man. of mustard? Yeah. Uh, you that's open actually up, a smart idea. You open up your jacket and in the inside pocket, <laughs> yeah. there's a bottle of mustard. <laughs> Instead of like Spider-Man web sprayers, you've got mustard dispensers. <laughs> yep. Is it just a, a Philly thing with the ketchup on, on uh, no, hot dogs? No, okay. it's all over the place. No, there are heathens everywhere in the yeah. world. Oh, so there's one sitting right next to you, pal. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. I love Not it. Me. In a perfect me. world, yeah, there's okay. Me, I love hot dog uh, with ketchup. It's it's that's what how about, I do. We, it. we talked about this. What about, how do you guys fall on uh, as far as mustard on hamburgers? Oh, I I sure. love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like mustard and ketchup uh, together on yes, hamburgers. The, yeah, when I when I first got out to Cali, we lived in California for just under a year when I was in third grade, and uh, I was like, oh, is there mustard on this hamburger? McDonald's was doing it. Yeah, and I it blew my mind, but I actually liked it. We should do a, a hidden camera thing where anytime we should be at the ballpark and someone puts ketchup on their hot dog, you just smack them in the face. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. My God. The smack, oh. smack cam. Don't say anything. Except smack cam, Preston. Yeah. <laughs> we we matter. Okay. All right, hang on, because uh, on uh, unless you're a five year old, straight ketchup on a hot dog is is uh, forbidden. However, I think it's okay if, to put ketchup on a hot dog if you also have mustard on the hot dog. Okay. All right. I, I'm I'm open. You're open to that at least a little. At least a conversation has begun. Yeah. Wait. uh, Sorry. I'm going to send this to you. Maybe we can do it later. But uh, Food and Wine put out seven rules uh, for ketchup or for uh, toppings on hot dogs and hot dog etiquette. All right. (laughs) I'll send it over to you. All right. Yeah. Uh, And by the way, may I may I get up while we're on a soapbox about hot dogs? And I and I have to say this because I I do live reads uh, for Deets and Watson. But I don't like the word Frank being used oh, yeah. as to describe a hot dog. I'm with you. Yeah. What about the wiener? Are you cool with that? Have you ever said Frankfurter? Not Frankfurter, no. I mean, to me, who says that anymore? And, I, and I've never said, hey, you got any Franks? You mind if I have one of those Do you say Franks? Fortnite? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't say Frank Do you say Pretty? And then what did you say, Nick? Wiener. Wiener. I say Wiener. Uh, Do you say Water Club? The only time when I say Wiener is roasting wieners okay. on a fire. You know, like uh, like toasting marshmallows. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we used to roast wieners. Uh, wiener. Uh, wiener. I knew wiener. 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 All we needed to say. <laughs> we, well, weenies too. We're gonna roast some weenies. Real quick. I uh, hate that. Um, Franks are they only referred to Franks when they are all beef? I'm not That's sure. That's a good question because you usually say all mm-hmm. beef Frankfurters, mm-hmm. right? This is a great list, Preston. I'm sorry. It's not just hot dog well, etiquette. It's you, food etiquette. You, you do you. Yeah. You want me to do it now? Yeah. yeah. You do you. Yeah. The connoisseur. It's the connoisseur's wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, the gal who really knows yeah. how to cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so so this was put out a few months ago, but it was, it's uh, foodandwine.com, and basically they said that uh, they disapprove of anyone of the age 18 years or older putting ketchup on hot dogs. <laughs> And then they gave uh, a list of seven things that basically you can, as far as food goes and food etiquette, you, you can never do. So uh, the first one is steak should never be ordered cooked more than medium rare. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, shut up. No. <laughs> uh, I to, to be honest, I think any chef would would tell you to do anything more would be a travesty. That you medium rare is 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 the is the perfect temperature correct for flavor yes. Right. yes now hang on a second there are a couple of um exceptions to said rule because i've heard of this uh what if you fought in a war and you don't like the sight of like 
what you perceive to be bloody okay. meat. You're, you're bringing war into this? <laughs> because you're bringing the there soldiers was who. Vietnam. <laughs> Somebody got blown up by a landmine. That's why I'm sure you'll understand I'm going to order my <laughs> steak well done. What, sir? I want it well done. There we were on the hill. Charlie was in the bush. And then the explosion occurred, and I looked over, and he was split down the middle like a frankfurter. And I swore as I stood over his body that whenever I ordered a steak out at a restaurant, it would always be well done. I'm thinking of you, Jojo. All right, we didn't consider that, Casey. Okay. (laughs) I didn't just make that up. (laughs) Ordered a steak, black and blue. Came to me bloody. Tar. Tar. And what's saw a steak <laughs> climb across a straight razor. Oh. <laughs> um, I didn't so, just make that up. Uh, my uh, friend's grandfather had fought, I believe it was in World War II, and uh, always o- ordered his steaks butterflied and well done. So how uh, do you, how often do you think that occurs where somebody will not order the steak the way they <laughs> like it because it reminds them of blood they saw during battle? Well, apparently they don't like it. So, uh, well, I, I know of one time. All right. Well, then I know one the time. Yeah. Uh, and I like that. I don't like I don't like it being super red. You know, I just don't. It was a Ruth Chris thing. <laughs> Oddly enough, I had, I had read that that one of the reasons that Hitler was a vegetarian was it had to some, do something with this with his sister who had died or something like that. And he associated the meat with the dead body. So sensitive. So sensitive. <laughs> Yeah, the poor, guy poor guy. Just, I, I'm sorry, I don't millions. like it. It makes me think of sad things. <laughs> now, how are those concentration camps coming along? <laughs> Seriously, no, what? Oh, how's Auschwitz? Is it up and running now? <laughs> so anyway. Oh, don't take my steak back. It looks bloody. <laughs> I'm <a> scared. <laughs> what else do we have, Kathy? All right, so the second thing is don't eat French fries with mayonnaise. This includes aioli. Um, well, Europeans do it, but... You know, what about like when you get hairy tru- armpits? <laughs> um, <laughs> what about when you get truffle fries? Like they come with like almost like a right? Isn't that like, uh, sweet potato fries? Like yeah. a sweet potato. They usually serve sweet potato fries with aioli. There are mayonnaise-based dipping sauces sure. that I, aren't I, straight I'm not, up. Mayonnaise. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. I think I think that's okay. I see more latitude on that than I do the ketchup on the hot dog. By the way, I was telling Casey about speaking of ketchup and fries and all, and all that stuff. Is I have now found uh, truffle ketchup, which is fantastic. Oh, you know what, Preston? I adore truffle fries, but no food has a longer duration of repeating in my system no? than then, anything truffle-based. For like two to three days after, right, I'll right, burp right. and I'll still oh, taste it. That's gross. Kathy, I'm not sure, but I mean, there's truffle oil as well, and that might be part of where you get the flavor for truffle fries. I don't know. No, but no, they're no. Saying but I'm no saying, mayonnaise. no. I'm saying when you when you order when you um, dip, truffle they you fries, a... they give you some sort of like yeah. mayonnaise based dip. The villages bros, truffle fries. Yeah, so. <laughs> dipped it in the blood of our steaks. All right. So the next the thing, horror. the next thing on this list, Preston, uh, okay. you're not going to like this. Okay. Adults shouldn't drink milk. There's only one exception to that, and that's milk and cookies. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I just I, I think it tastes great. So there you go. Uh, next thing is never put ice in wine, even on a hot day, uh, even if it's a cheap bottle of rosé. And this is from uh, wine, Food & Wine magazine? Uh, f- yep, foodandwine.com. What if you're a complete cretin when it comes to this stuff? Because I, I will, if Claire will give me, she sometimes she purchases very sweet wine. <coughs> Excuse me, I drank water the wrong way. And... Um, <laughs> 
And she'll put a little bit of ice in it. You know what? So it's funny. I actually just stopped doing this. I love my my drinks. Any drink I have, whether it's water or wine, I like it ice cold. And I so I hate it. Sometimes if if my wine was not cold enough, I would throw an ice cube in it. But <clears throat> on my own, no, I know that they say you shouldn't put ice cubes in wine. But I just that that it was just diluting the taste. I guess I don't right. know. And I was like, That's you know what? what? Can't I, you just I pull the deal like- with? Like the chilled, the things, the little... Um... Yeah, right. And I have all of that okay. stuff. It's all like, right. I just never really use it. You know what I mean? They're tchotchke things. Right, right, right. All right, let me ask you, because I, I am, I'm sort of coming around on this thing, are, are flavored ice cubes that accentuate whatever you're drinking. So I don't, obviously, don't drink alcohol, but um, I, I like the idea of hey, making, Oli. no, making uh, lemonade <laughs> ice cubes and sticking them in my iced tea. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah, I that like is it. a good right. idea. I like what that. if you had... I bo- don't like the Arnold Palmer. Well, well, you get two... Well, no. if you don't like Arnold Palmer, yeah. then you won't like that. But but you get two things out of that. You get your drink cooled off, and you're not getting it watered down by ice. Right. Yes. To dilute it a little bit. So right. I like that idea. So, Kath, what if you were to take your rosé, uh, you buy two bottles, and one is strictly the, yeah. supposed to be just for ice cubes. It's a good idea. Okay. I'm so smart sometimes. <laughs> Will wine freeze completely since it's alcohol Oh, based? that's a good question. You know what? I um, think wine yeah. Well, it, it can because like, I put bottles in the freezer. And forget okay. about them, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, Marissa. Uh, aren't you supposed to use frozen grapes? Oh yeah, I've done do that, that before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is it the Tet Offensive? <laughs> they brought us frozen grapes to put in our wine. The heart. It's horrible. All right, what other things do you have on here? Uh, so number five on here is no cheese on seafood, including when it's mixed with pasta. So this is actually something that came up, uh, a conversation in our house, Jeez. because on the Goldbergs, she constantly serves shrimp parm, which to me sounds disgusting. <laughs> cheese on seafood, to me, sounds disgusting. Well, when it comes Try to it. shrimp scampi, I will add a little bit of Parmesan cheese. Yeah. Not not grated, but Reggiano, you know, grate a I, little bit of that on I there. honestly can't think of anything that's worse with cheese. I, cheese makes everything better. Um, but but no, I could see cheese and seafood, except for maybe like you know a fillet of fish sandwich that comes with cheese automatically. Yes. Yeah, you have to you have to order it without cheese, especially okay. a fillet of fish automatically comes with cheese. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's the way Ray Kroc liked it. Mm. <laughs> well, they're saying they no gave cheese. Me cheese on my fillet of fish. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, they're saying no cheese on any seafood. Okay. Uh, next is don't eat a burger or pizza with a knife and fork, especially if you're the mayor of New York. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. I ate a burger with a knife and fork last night Did because you? I, I because I only had it on one piece of bread. All right. So Ruby Tuesdays will serve this burger that's so big that they jam a steak knife yeah. in the middle How of it. How do you eat that effing thing? What are you thing? supposed to do? Well, you cut it in half. It actually makes it. What am I, a shark? No, I know, but yeah. still, even that, you got you to, gotta, like, a snake and unhinge your lower jaw. It's bull crap. Yeah. I feel like it's not as good when you cut it up into pieces like that. I agree. That. Yeah. I agree. There's a way. There's a there's a, there's a level. There's a, a, a an order that, that goes into your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Who's our dude here? Receives it. Our local dude who won the big mouth uh, competition. He can oh, eat yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he could do do it, do yeah. it. Yeah. but it's just it's not meant to be eaten that way uh, the, especially that thing preston which is like the excalibur of meat yeah by the way i don't like saying knife and fork i like to say fork and knife <laughs> congratulations <laughs> because it sounds like that i yeah. saw my chance i finally came out and admitted it <laughs> i saw my chance big revelation from local broadcaster casey foster today when he said he liked to say knife and fork Fork and knife. I fork like to say knife. fork and knife. Yeah. Hand me that fork and knife. of his original stance. Oh, because it sounds like F and knife. Yeah. Right. Okay. Who's the five-year-old now? Yes. <laughs> I didn't Would say you, you ketchup on your, <laughs> on your hot dog. No. Uh, by the way, hot dog, and here's, here's the information. Hot dog means a whole 
cured cooked sausage that is skinless or stuffed in a casing that may be known as a frankfurter. <laughs> Frank, a furter. You can just call it a furter? Yeah. Furter. <laughs> a wiener, a red hot, a Vienna bologna, Vienna bologna, Garlic bologna. 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 Garlic. He doesn't stand for bologna. <laughs> <laughs> or knockwurst, and that may be served on a bun or roll. So hot dog and frankfurter are the same thing. All right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving Who on. wants furters for dinner? <laughs> we got some furters? Mm, New England-style rolls are, like, my new fave, by the way. Okay. okay. Yeah. You eat them with a fork I and saw knife. my moment. I finally admitted it. <laughs> New England-style rolls are my favorite. Are those the ones that have poppy seeds on them? No. It basically, it looks like it's, it's just, like, folded bread. I don't like that. Oh, I, I, like I do not like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. All right. What else? Uh, last thing on the list is milk must be poured into a cup before the tea. Oh, oh. really? If you're going to add milk to your tea, you yeah, add the milk I guess first. so. I'm not a tea no, drinker. No, so. no. So I drink tea, tea every night, one or two cups, and with milk. Uh yes, yeah. with milk and and uh, sugar. Uh, and uh, the the tea goes. My wife will not. Here's my wife's thing. You put the sugar in. You first. cannot. You can the tea bag has to be in the cup before you pour the hot water in, okay. right? Yeah, and right. I I can pour the hot water in and then dip the tea bag in. Well, I see why she because the the initial flow right. of the water coming yeah, in will yeah. whoosh through the tea bag. She's a big whoosher. I guess. Yeah, I, I always cream my drinks before I pour everything. It, like I don't drink tea all that often, but coffee I always and if I have to add sugar, it goes sugar then cream then the coffee and because the coffee will. Stir it for me. So as a Dunkin' veteran, Dunkin' Donuts at the time when I joined the company, yes. I am a career donut man. <laughs> uh, that was the thing. All the all the uh, the girls working the counter, the, the the cream or milk and everything would go in first, and then the coffee got poured in. Yeah. Yeah, it does save you stirring. So mix it, yes, stirring. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, save some effort. Well, effort, and then you don't have to clean a spoon if yeah. you're doing it at home. Throw away a stir. Right. Poor stir. Yeah, I'm, I, I multi-use my stirrers at you, home. You yeah. re- reduce, reuse, and recycle? I do. Okay. I bought a, and they're wooden, too. I bought, like, oh. a thousand of them. And then you had to buy them in a pack of a thousand. Yeah. I'm not joking. It's a thousand stirrers. <laughs> and I'm like, well, oh. I know what I'm doing for the next five years. <laughs> I ordered brown sugar packets on Amazon. Yeah. Three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still using them. Uh, yeah, we also have a giant bag of straws, too. Okay. Individually wrapped straws. All right. And they're like, it's like this big. There's, there's got to be 500 straws in there. And I, just, we, we, I use them from time to time. But, you know, you still got them. You got them. Supply. Uh, so, all right. Well, that's interesting. Those tips are from Food and Wine magazine. Yeah. And, uh, they came from a surprising... Lady connoisseur. Yeah, the lady connoisseur <laughs> jumped in on this. Casey, I have a question. So, we're gonna, we're gonna get to Kevin Costner at 10 a.m. Yeah. Do you want to break, come back to Bizarre File break, and then Mr. Costner? You think we should do it that way? Um, no, no. I think we should, uh... Do Costner in the next break along with everything else. All right. So, so you can do one more Costner right, story. Yeah, well, we'll go for right, something. Yeah. Let's do uh, it, man. A little bit more. Denny's is bringing back its beloved value menu for a limited time. Uh, they have a $2, $4, $6, and $8 value menu that's big. It's uh, back in honor of its 10-year anniversary. Am I correct in remembering the times that I've eaten at Denny's that the food is, is pretty good? Yeah. I always I- liked Denny's was always a good go-to specifically for breakfast yeah. uh, place for me. 
Um, they have since They're good burgers too disappeared from anywhere. Is that is that where one, I go? Preston, no. Is there still that one that that used to be a Denny's by the uh, no. by one nope. is gone? No, it That's became gone. a diner. Yep. Um, I don't know the name of the diner. Is that hotel still there? The Macintosh? Mm, yeah, I mean the building's still there. I yeah. don't know what it is. The only the, Denny's that I know of is. Kind of down by the airport. Now, there's uh, one in Springfield on uh, Baltimore Pike across from where the bazaar used to be. Okay. Um, <laughs> there you go. There's a very Delco location description where it used to be. Um, I could have said I, across the street from the Home Depot in Acme, but... Denny's was, a, was, a, was either a late night, buzzed, let's go get something to eat thing, or breakfast at any time of the day. I'd always get, uh, you know, biscuits and gravy and, and uh, you know... So Whatever the Grand Slam breakfast, you know, if you remember that. Absolutely. In my wife's family, uh, Long Island, they all, uh, her and two of her sisters worked at Howard Johnson's, which would be called okay. Hojo's, yeah. which is very similar to Denny's, yep. I think. Yeah, I well, that's Howard. why I like the New England-style buns so much, Steve. It's a throwback to my childhood. That's how they serve their hot dogs. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, it looks like most of them are in Jersey, Nick, that are in this yeah, vicinity. The, the two on the Philly side are uh, the one that Casey described, and then the one, there's one down by um, Tinicum. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, they there there was one on um, on 252 by the Valley Forge Music Fair that we used to go to all the time uh, for the same thing, Preston. It would be, you know, 2 a.m., Denny's run, and, um, and you get the Sunday or breakfast or both. This area is generally more diner territory. Yeah. You're, you're loads of diners, and I think that that has kind of... Denny's doesn't and, have a foothold. And they're good diners. Yeah. So it's yeah. the same thing up in up in New York. You know, we we always had classic, and then if you had the Greek diner, uh, you'd have, you know, 15-pound hamburgers and all that right. stuff. And I guess that maybe that's part of the reason why we don't see many Waffle House around as well, because there's so many diners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't, wouldn't fit right in. Although there is one... I know I've said it before towards Bethlehem. I'm not sure exactly where, but where out, Jesus was. out that way. Uh, yeah, I think his first job was at uh, the Waffle House. Was at Waffle House. Busboy. Yeah. Uh, Listen, so, you're going to have to put that hair in the net. So, yeah, their value menu is coming back. $2, $4, $6, $8. I don't know what. It's on the value menu. It says... Uh, it's the, just the prices. There are no menus. Uh, there's, there's oh, no okay. It's just the, yeah. the dollar options. <laughs> uh, the, the menu features offers at different price points in both sweet and savory options. So, wow. All right. Uh, another thing? Um, yeah, but hang on one second real okay. quick on the it's side. It's just in? Breaking, breaking, breaking news. news. Oh, boy. Breaking news. Uh, oh, Okay. <laughs> It has nothing to do with food. Nope. Okay. Uh, the IT department is replacing the printer in the green room. <laughs> oh. Like right now? Right yeah. now is yeah. That's good news. Woo! That's actually really good news. Okay. Uh, thank you. This has been yeah. breaking news. Yes, thank you so much. Break, break, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> now back to this. Uh, so, Steve, you mentioned this earlier when we were on Fox 29. Uh, restaurants and bars across the U.S. were, of course, forced to switch or close or switch to pick up in a delivery only models during the pandemic, but they were soon able to serve alcohol to go when governor started signing executive orders, allowing restaurant, allowing restaurants and bars to serve alcohol with takeout orders. And now as things are starting to reopen, states have been considering permanent alcohol to go laws. Uh, as of now, more than 30 States, the district of Columbia and Puerto Rico uh, have implemented emergency measures to allow restaurants and bars to serve cocktails for delivery and takeout. Don't you think it's a, it's a likely thing, or at least a, I would even call it a necessary thing, as businesses are getting up and running and people have enjoyed the convenience, if you can provide another avenue for 
them to generate business, why not go with it? Yeah, and I I didn't I didn't do this. I didn't go and get did you guys anybody go to a place and get cocktails yeah. to go? You did? Yeah, I did. um uh, more than once and it is really convenient and it was when we would do takeout. You know, so we okay. would get uh, get a meal and then get uh, drinks on top of it. And, and like I said earlier, I joined a wine of the month club, and that's just it's, there. There's just the level of convenience now that didn't exist before, and it's great. Does it? Ha- do you? Ha- can you only get the drinks if you're getting food? Um, no, I think you can just get the drinks. You can just get drinks. I believe so. Yeah. That's my understanding. Yeah, because some of those places were selling like the slushies. You know, you could get like an yeah, orange yeah. brush or whatever, and um, and you, I don't believe you had to get um, uh, food on top of it. The National Restaurant Association, uh, EVP of uh, Public Affairs, Sean Kennedy, says so far the restaurant industry has lost over 8 million jobs and roughly uh, $120 billion in revenue. Uh, being able to offer these new products like off-premises sales of alcohol represents exactly. up to 10% of their revenue right now. Mm. Uh, from an industry that's on the ropes working with capacity restrictions, it's absolutely critical. Uh, it says, at least in Missouri, temporary orders are set to remain in effect until the end of the year, with state leaders deciding next year about uh, allowing to-go alcoholic drinks permanently or not. Yeah, they should all entertain that. Yeah. It, um, so, uh, Trish, who works in our sales department, her daughter turns 21 today. Ah. And so she's terribly wanted to go and... and- Get a drink at a bar. Right. And had she turned 21 a month ago or, you know, obviously two months ago, that wouldn't have been possible. But uh, they were actually able to go and, and do that. I think that uh, I don't necessarily know if they an were. An outdoor place, obviously. An right? outdoor yeah. place. Yeah. But that's that's what she wanted to do. Yeah. I totally get it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, they may they may consider those. I mean, they've, uh, you know, in, in Pennsylvania it has been one of the most uh Next to like Utah and a few of these others are really restrictive with alcohol. Yeah. But as far as the purchasing of, they've it's really taken their time to to get up to speed. You know when it went from the state stores and only cases of beer to eventually being able to buy six packs and stuff like that, and then being open at different times and being able to pay with cash. Yeah, uh, or credit card, or what was the way you could only get it with credit card? Barter, before. yeah, and then you could only get it. You couldn't get it on Sundays. Couldn't get it on Sunday, so yeah. it's slowly been coming up to speed. I drew this picture of Hulk Hogan. Could I have that bottle of wine? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I think you know, and and now we're starting to see uh, over the past few years, uh, alcohol starting to make its way into grocery stores. And I just think it's only gonna it's only gonna it's lose part up of the deal more and more. I, I mean, mean, all the years of my life growing up, the supermarkets all had beer. Yeah. You, you all, had a beer aisle, yeah, I mean, just full on yeah. freezers or, or, or refrigerated uh, places. So weird looking. When we were down in Florida, Florida like yeah. going into that Publix, it, it just seemed bizarre to me. Now it's just not the way I I, right. was, I grew up you in know? Pennsylvania. You're better than that. <laughs> yes, yeah, Pennsylvania is very bizarre to those people. You're you know, than when that. somebody yeah. from out of state comes yes. here and they go to a grocery store in our area yeah. and they they don't find yeah, a beer, yeah, they're yeah. like, "Wait, where can I get alcohol? I have to go to a separate place to get alcohol." Yeah, or used to have to to do that. And, you know, that was a really bizarre thing. It's like when I went to college. I, my whole uh, school career leading up to college, I was with other Catholic school kids. You know, and I went to college and I met people that. Had other religions. Heathens who drank. <laughs> yeah, well, drank and, you know, I, I met my first agnostic and atheist. I was like, oh, wait a second. You can believe that stuff? Like, <laughs> you're better than that. <laughs> it stinks. No, it's, I was the same way, actually, when I first met people from Catholic schools. I was yeah. like, wait, they actually teach you religion at the school? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's a wild world. It's, it's a, a crazy it's world. It's a big, crazy world. And sometimes... It's but other times, it's great.
All right. Um, I think we should take a break. Yeah. Yes. Because we're going to come back and we're going to get into. Uh, and thank you, Kathy, for your contributions. That was great. Yes. Sure. To lady, the connoisseur. Lady Miss Connoisseur. Jump in anytime, okay? Um, we will come back in a moment and we'll get to some bizarre file stories. And yes, Mr. Kevin Costner on our program. Excited to talk to him once again. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Pearl Jam. Larkin Poe. Rival Sons. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. All right, uh, let's get into the Bizarre File, and then we've got uh, Kevin Costner coming up. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. All right, it's brought to you by HERS, the official chip of taking your summer to the next level. And when it comes to snacking this summer, keep it Philly, Philly, and make it HERS. HERS forever good. Uh, we'll start with the story of a man in Vienna. He has been fined a little over $500. For breaking wind loudly in front of police, a move that the Austrian capital's police force uh, was at pains to defend on Tuesday. Uh, the For simply farting? Well, more than simply farting. The, the, the fine stemmed from an incident on June 5th, and the offender was fined for, quote, offending public decency. The city police wrote on Twitter that, of course, no one is reported for accidentally letting one go. They added that the man had behaved provocatively and uncooperatively, during an encounter with officers that he that had preceded the incident, and they said he got up from a park bench, looked at the officers, and let go a massive intestinal wind, apparently with full intent. Wow. You have to show intent. And they said, and our colleagues don't like to be farted at so much. <laughs> Police noted that the decision could not be appealed, but I think it's a bit much. So what's the opposite of, a, of an SPD? Uh, wow. Sound Not silent but deadly, but I guess loud and... There was another classification that I've forgotten over the years. I don't know. Okay. Loud and uh, funny? You should talk to a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> Two restaurant owners have been sentenced to 723 years in prison in Thailand after they defrauded the public with a seafood promotion. <laughs> what did they do? Apichart, Bawarna Bank, Chark Chark, and Prepasorn Boranban. Okay. Sold vouchers to customers that entitled them to use their seafood buffet at an extremely low price. So they're facing 723 years in prison. Whoa. Reasonable. Uh, but they later reneged on their promotions, leading to complaints from hundreds of disgruntled cu- customers. You should be in prison for 700 years. Uh, prosecutors said that they were aware their offer could not be fulfilled. Jeez. Uh, they said at the court that it was impossible to sell such high-quality food as advertised, uh, adding that the defendants didn't have the intention to fulfill the conditions as advertised to the public. Did they scam a lot of money? Uh, no, the, the pair were arrested in September. They've been detained since then. Thailand often issues lengthy prison sentences owing to multiple counts, but Thai law means they will not serve more than 20 years in prison. Guys, if you serve 500, I'd be amazed. Uh, Prosecutors said 347 customers had purchased the promotion after it was advertised on Facebook and other social media. Calm down, calm down. You'll be out in 200 years. Prices offered as low as $3. Uh, But here's the deal. 
you, they say 723 years. It'll never be more than 20. But 20 years? years for, yeah, for, I know. For scamming people at a buffet? People serve less time for murder. Yeah, seriously. Uh, the pair pleaded guilty from the beginning. There were no rolls. Of their court proceedings, and their sentence was reduced. It was reduced from 1,446 years after they confessed. That's a hell of a lawyer. Knocked it way down. Dude, I took 900 years off your sentence. Speaking of restaurants, mom-to-be took her maternity photos at a Chipotle location in Florida. Uh, Jordan Lee Beal teamed up with the photographer, Rebecca Pace, for photos. In one photo, she holds a burrito, and in another, she leans back on a table while holding a burrito. Uh, Beal said the chain has been her saving grace during her pregnancy since she suffered with hypermesis uh, gravidarium. Uh, gravidarum, I guess how you say that, which uh, causes severe nausea. That's what... Uh, yeah, uh, Kate. Kate, uh, had, uh, yes. yeah, Kate Upton. Kate, uh, Kate Not Middleton. Kate Upton, <laughs> Jesus. Kate Middleton. <laughs> Maybe Kate Upton did. I, I don't who know. Who knows? It's possible. Kate she Middleton had a child did. as well. Uh, made her to keep the food down. She says that she discovered Chipotle to be a safe food during the pregnancy, so she wanted to celebrate that with her maternity I think shoot. Mexican food might accelerate a birth. Not for her. Right. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. Uh, we love having our next guest on. We've been lucky enough to have him on a few times in our career, and he's always great to talk to. What a body of work. It's amazing. That he has done. It's wonderful. Great stuff. And and is fantastic on television as well. We mainly think of the the theatrical performances. Well, he did the great the Hatfields and the McCoys. That that series was fantastic. And now Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. And he plays John Dutton, the patriarch of the Dutton family. They have the largest continue, uh, contiguous uh, ranch in the United States. Obviously, there's a lot of politics within the family. People and, getting involved yeah. in within the family and so forth. So, uh, and and he's got some. Should I play a little bit yeah, of the music first? Bit. Yeah, yeah. This is a tune that is uh, the lyrically have become has become relevant now that he did uh, years ago. Seems like the spring might last forever And the night might never end But I know enough to remember Son, it will rise again I like that message. Very nice. And ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Kevin Costner hey. who's on with us right now. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, guys. Oh, hey! It's a big delay. Sorry, we have a delay on the on the line. Uh, thanks, a for coming on this morning, and uh, you're promoting season three of uh, Yellowstone. Uh, congratulations! Uh, this day and age, three seasons on a television show is is not a small feat. So you guys are doing great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got a job, so that works. <laughs> hey, I wanted I wanted to ask uh, before going into the details about the show and where we are and so on. Um, and going through your career, you've you've spent a fairly good amount of time around and riding horses. Where where are your skills? Where would you say your skills rank as far as uh, being a horseman? I think, uh, I think I'm an average horseman. Um, I know I know the guys that are great. I don't ever pretend that I'm them. Uh, I try to mimic them. I'm I'm really not afraid, but I'm pretty cognizant about. Uh, all the things that can go wrong when you're on a, a big old horse. It's real pretty with really bitty bitty ankles, and they're not very smart. So they can really they can really run away from you. So um, I, I'm an average rider, and that's where I put myself. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask. I know that initially Yellowstone was basically going to be a, 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 a complete one-off, a series, ten episodes, and then um, it, it 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 took off. 
and this sort of became, I guess, a decision for you. Not, you know, you, you'd, you'd done some other TV stuff, but to be part of something that would be an extended series was there. It was was it a uh, a lot of hand wringing, or you know, because the subject matter is so uh, cool and the writing is so sharp? What was the decision process like to to actually fully commit to what is essentially now a regular TV series? Uh, good question. There was a little hand-wringing over that because I just, you know, I, in my mind, I have other things that I'm going to do, how I play out the second half of my career, and I had a feeling that this could uh, be successful. And uh, so there's things that I work on myself that, that uh, I'm anxious for people to see, take them on the same kind of ride that's a uh, high adventure, that, that thing. So, you know, it's an high... I, I, you know, I just made one of those decisions. You know, you, you, you chart your life out. You think you know what it's going to be. You write it on a chalkboard. And then sometimes these, you know, windows of opportunity come up. And that's when you either have to step through it or, you know, stay the course of what you think you're doing. And, and I like to think that I know what I'm doing, but I, I want my life to also have this window of opportunity that if I, you know, want to step through and do something that came along that I didn't anticipate. I need to be ready for that. That's where I. That's the way I do my work. It's the way I live my life. Um, and that this represents one of those things. You know the 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 thing that distinguishes Yellowstone, and we were actually having a conversation earlier about how much television has become uh, a haven for really crisp writing, and and uh, for great ensemble casts. And in in your show in Yellowstone. I I love characters that are not black and white that have grays to their to their trajectory and and you you know that don't always make the right decision that have to suffer the consequences of poor decisions and and that makes them them real. Um, what what drew you to the character of John Dutton? I think what you just described. I think we all uh, are kind of uh, able to stare at a lot of dysfunction. We go, oh, kind of just like you know, just I don't want to tell anybody. Um, you know, my family is, is really, uh, you know, a mixed bag, and so is my, my character. But I think when you take what you just described, the, the crisp writing and everything, and then you put it in the Bitterroot Valley, which is exactly where Lewis and Clark went through the Sacagawea. Right. When you look at those mountains, you realize that's what, that's what America looked like. Um, you know, that's the Garden of Eden before, you know, we, we started messing with it. And, um, and I think people, when they see running horses and rivers, and then you, and then you bring this melodrama in, it's been um, it's been something that people are willing to to look at and want to uh, visit. Uh, speaking to the, the character John Dutton, and, and you, you know, the, the the bulk of your of your work being in film. Uh, and in film, you have you have from A to B. You have this character goes from here and it ends up here with some things that happen uh, in between. Here, you're playing a continuing story. Um, how does that affect you and, and as an actor and when you're being given new direction that this character may be taking that maybe you didn't anticipate initially? Yeah, well, that's, that's all the truth. I think you've watched this really carefully or studied even my own career. You know, I, no one, everybody knows I like long movies. I, <laughs> I like stories to get out of the I'm convinced that audiences want that. I'm convinced that, you know, what, what we do is when we make these conventional movies at the end of two hours, you know, maybe that's possible they can, but maybe they need about seven more minutes, like a book, that makes you finally understand everything. 
Um, and so, you know, in my movie career, I have really, that's been a hallmark for me to just fight for that, fight for those extra minutes, fight for an audience that can't speak for itself. And uh, when you think about a series, you know, I don't know where this character is going. Uh, I've had to trust a lot what's happening, and uh, that's not a, that's not a, you know, that's that's kind of like right field for me. I'm not sure I want to play it. Um, but, 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 again, it's that window of opportunity to see how that works out. And, um, you know, they, they continue to write John Dutton and the show at a high level, and so that makes me feel good. Hey, uh, Kevin, you know, we've seen a lot in uh, in quarantine, uh, a lot of uh, uh, casts from, from really iconic films getting back together. And I'm, I'm talking about, uh, you know, Back to the Future. And uh, we even saw the group of uh, Ghostbusters getting yeah. back together and doing uh, Zoom, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings Zoom conferences and being interviewed uh, in an ensemble setting. Um, A, has anybody approached you uh, to do something like that for one of your films? Or if you had one to choose... Uh, what do you think would be a cool one to to get the cast back together to discuss the the whole film? Yeah, I you know haven't been asked to to do that. I, I think probably a lot of people on, on dances would want to talk because that that a lot of people's careers um, in front of the camera and behind the camera uh, got launched there. Uh, had complete careers after that was over. Mary McDonald, you know, Graham Greene. Uh, you know, my friend Jimmy Merrill, who is a, a camera operator, you know, uh, number one, just by meeting him, I let him be the DP on Open Range, and uh, he's now a director. So, Open Range uh, is a great movie. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, uh, so that was a collection of people who were probably all point at this kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, somehow jump-starting their career, but you know, um, a lot of movies I think I could do it with. Uh, so just trying to single one out, I guess that's the best I could do it. It's early in the morning. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, Bull Durham, Ten Cop. I mean, there's there, there's so many of them that that the the big chill getting. I mean, if you could, if they could pull off Silverado, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be unbelievable. But that's a lot of people to get on board, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you... What's funny, though, and interesting, is that your characters, a lot of times what you play in, in a movie is a character who has what we'd normally um, ascribe to um, a, a Western iconic hero or somebody who is, you know, the, of the, of of that, that genre. But it, it, it's not necessarily, you know, a, a Western movie. And that seems to be sort of something that... That you're attracted to the 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 individual who 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 stands on his own and and, and makes a change and, and and tries to do right and and lives and dies by their own decisions and and I mean but yet then again you yeah. know would that would that be a true statement? I think it would be. I think I like the anti-hero. Um, we're all pretty flawed. I mean, I'm willing to dip into stuff like Mr. Brooks. And yeah. Do that, uh, you know, um, you know, perfect world and. You know, I, I, I like to, you know, go to those areas. But I think 
you know, we're all kind of like want to kind of break with um, with what's uh, politically correct. I mean, we really do in our hearts. I mean, a lot of us, I'm thinking about you two guys right now, I mean, how many times would you feel like arbitrating your own problems with somebody who's done wrong to you and if, as opposed to going, go get a lawyer, go get an agent, go get a PO guy. There's something <laughs> right. visual about wanting to, to kind of, you know, look at the maybe the neighbor who's just, just been bugging the hell out of you and say, you know, I'd like to talk to you. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and, or, you know, I think I think we miss being able to arbitrate our own problems. I understand why we can't, but I tell you what, I think that's what's missing for us. And so when you watch a show like Yellowstone or some of the movies I like, there's a moment in time where you're watching me or watching the story going, yeah, tell him, tell him, tell him. <laughs> Agreed. Like, you know, or, you know, and we all drive away from situations in our life where we feel handcuffed. And thinking to myself, damn it, I should have said that. I wish I would have said that. Yeah. And sometimes the movies give us these, these perfect moments, and people assign to me that I know exactly what to say in a critical moment. And it's just simply not true. I'm like everybody else driving away. I yeah. should have said that. <laughs> but in the movies, yeah. we can yeah. make it perfect sometimes. Yeah. And those, those things, in a way, they travel with us. So once in a while, when we get ourselves into a spot, we kind of... You know, for as phony as the movies are, once in a while they're they're so real to us that we lean on them. Yeah, no, it's true. Absolutely. All right, Kevin, we appreciate the time. Obviously, you know, we, we wish it continued success. Huge fan. Season 3 premieres Sunday at 9 on uh, Paramount Network. And uh, the band, Modern West, Kevin's band, a uh, new single or new album uh, coming out on Friday called uh, Tales from Yellowstone. So uh, pick that up as well. It's great to talk to you. Thank you so much, sir. All right, take care, guys. All right, Bye. Kevin Costner, guys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was at, yeah, he's he's right. He's got, you know, he can't remember all those damn movies he's been in, even as big as they are. Yeah. Asking him about that. But I, I was just scanning uh, through his IMDb and, you know, uh, all the way from uh, Big Chilled, Silverado. Silverado, um, so good. Silverado was sort of a, a breakout role for him because he was the uh, the cocky gunslinger yeah he has one of the, he has one of the greatest scenes in a movie i think when the guys are up on the uh on the uh the stairs this yeah and they, he sees shoots them all the way back yeah, up yeah, yeah, i love yeah, it yeah. and listen to this run of stories or, or movies that he had in a row he went from the untouchables to no way out to bull durham to field of dreams yeah boom 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 yeah He's I mean, in three great, four huge hits, baseball movies. He's in Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, and uh, I really like um, for, for love, love of the, the game. game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's it, it, over the span of his career, he's done three just great baseball movies alone. Yeah, and then Tin Cup. Yes, yep. Tin Cup, which is a which is a funny movie. So yeah. it's, it's, it's Bob, I think it's Bob Shelton as the guy who did both Bull Durham and uh, uh, Tin Cup, and it has that uh, that sensibility. Yeah. And then Steve, Man of Steel, Man of Steel. And and Justice League, Casey, it pops yeah. up in Justice League too. And you know what? Great... Though, you know what? Though he he could have saved him from that tornado easily. He could have. He could have. He could have moved so fast, nobody would have seen so, him. Yeah. yeah. He just hey hey look over there. Yeah. Hey, everybody look, look over there. there. It's the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> and he got his dad. But you know you do you do you make stupid mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. he they just had a fight, so he really didn't feel like it. True. He didn't yeah. die already. Yeah, dad, yeah. you're annoying me. <laughs> I'm so superior to you. I'm your, Superman. Your, yeah. your, your race is disgusts me. <laughs>
They really should have had his yeah. inner monologue right. playing. So Bright we Bird in the is, audience. is more realistic. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, we need to break, and when we come back, we'll ask the lesson question and see if you know the answer to it, and you could win a prize. We'll get trash and music news, too. We'll come back in a little bit. Stay down. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We still have our secret text word to give away. Wow, I forgot I should have done that. Uh, we'll do that. We were talking little bit. to Kevin Costner. So you still got time. Text the word secret to 39333, and uh, you'll have a shot at winning. So we'll get to that in a little bit. In the meantime, something else to give away. Lesson question for today. We are giving away a digital download of Scoob. And the question that we are going to pose to you is, where was Jesus' first job? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. Where did Jesus get started working? Were you listening earlier this morning? Did you hear it? Then please, by all means, call us. And if you're the designated caller to get the answer correct, you will win the prize. 215-263-WMMR. We're going to do the trash while we're waiting for you to call in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Auto Lenders, our fine sponsor, a smarter way to buy a car. Let's get into it. Steve, what's up this morning? Well, TMZ now reversing their claim that Brian Austin Green and Courtney Stodden are dating, saying they're just friends who are working on some music. Music together, according to TMZ, they have all but mastered two-person piano chopsticks. That's no. <laughs> the music they're working on. Actress Ruby Rose teaming up with Crocs to create a special Pride Month edition. Rose says the collaboration is a fantastic opportunity to create an inclusive color scheme for a type of shoe that no gay person would be caught dead in. And finally, Prince Charles revealing that he briefly lost his sense of smell during his relatively mild bout with the coronavirus. Charles says the temporary loss of smell actually made it easier to be around the queen on mutton stew night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your All right. Uh, we will see if you were listening earlier and you heard uh, the answer to this question. Where was Jesus's first job? Uh, 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. I will go to John. Hey, John. Hello. Hi, John. Where was Jesus' first job? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts in Bethlehem. No, that's incorrect. Uh, Thank you, though. Appreciate it. Uh, We will go next to uh, Janet. Hey, Janet. Hello. Hello. So can you tell us where Jesus' first job was? Waffle House. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Hang on, Janet. For you, a digital download of Scoob. Scooby-Doo, Shaggy, and Mystery Incorporated face their toughest mystery yet. It's available to own now. we got some music news. We're going to get it to you right at this very moment. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. I rip ass. Uh, All right. Uh, Nirvana's first ever cover shoot for a national magazine was Spin Magazine. In January 1992, is now the subject of an auction that will take place this Friday and Saturday. There's been a lot of uh, Nirvana stuff. A ton. Been going up. The photo shoot took place just months after the release of their breakthrough album, Nevermind, uh, with the trio knocking Michael Jackson's Dangerous album off the top of the Billboard chart. Kind of a bitch. And setting off a cultural phenomenon. Uh, the complete set of 100 negatives from the shoot, including... Color and black and white published photos and outtakes are going on the block this weekend. 
Also included are the original contact sheets, signed analog gallery prints, the camera used for the shoot, additional copies of the magazine, and full copyright transfer and ownership of all images provided by photographer Greg Waterman. That's a crazy amount of stuff. Uh, The auction... Held by Julian's in Beverly Hills will also feature Kurt Cobain's 1959 Martin D-18E guitar. That's valued at a million bucks. And his skeleton. Uh, And they are selling his skeleton as well. Now, uh, you know, it's pretty wild when you go back and look at the the impact that Nirvana had. I remember um, I was at, at my desk at WDRE. It was in New York, and the program director came down. And, you know, we were chatting and uh, one of the other jocks uh, was on, uh, you know, on a break outside of the studio. And he says, this, this is where everything's going. And he was right. And it was pretty wild because there was a whole music scene bubbling underneath the, uh, you know, the the regular current of stuff that we were getting at the time. And they broke down the wall. Yeah. It just all came flooding in. Because it was there. Yeah. They just needed to be the point of entry. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, but uh, they, you know, they they just took took it to another level. One of uh, the fall's major uh, music festivals is not wasting time. Chicago's annual Riot Fest is skipping right past 2020. It's rescheduled itself for September 16th through the 19th of 2021. Acts already confirmed to appear include Smashing Pumpkins, My Chemical Romance, Run the Jewels, Pixies, Sublime with Rome, Dirty Heads, L7, and more. They even booked some acts that haven't even formed yet, Preston. Uh, Second and third waves of artist announcements are expected to arrive in the months ahead. Like puppy scrunchies? Uh, Refunds. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Are available to those who already bought tickets to the 2020 edition. Black Sabbath is selling a Black Lives Matter shirt, which is designed in the same style as the band's iconic 1971 album, Master of Reality. Uh, The inspiration came from Rage Against the Machine's Tom Morello, who is sporting his own unofficial version of the shirt in an Instagram photo that Morello took with his mother. Uh, The guitarist wrote alongside the picture, "Uh, My 96-year-old mom has been a tireless advocate for black lives her whole life. Proud to stand with her today, as always, in solidarity in the fight for a more just and humane country and planet. Well, the photo caught the attention of Geezer Butler, Black Sabbath. And he commented, nice shirt and nice sentiment and awesome mum, he says. Uh, Within a week. I've been with her. uh, Oh, my God. Sabbath uh, recreated the shirt as an official merchandise item, and they put it up for sale with 100% of the proceeds going to Black Lives Matter organization. And it's available for pre-order now and expected to ship on July 14th. And one last piece of information. Out now digitally is the 23-song soundtrack to Roger Waters' Us and Them film. Uh, The Blu-ray, DVD, and accompanying soundtrack CD and vinyl editions will be released on October 2nd. Rolling Stone reported the physical releases adds two songs that were in the original film, uh, the Walls, Comfortably Numb, and Is This the Life We Really Want, Smell the Roses. The bonus uh, bonus features as well as behind the scenes. <laughs> Short film dubbed A Fleeting Glimpse. Uh, out now is Pink Floyd documentary The Story of Wish You Were Here. The documentary, which was directed by John Eddington, chronicles the making of the band's 1975 classic. Eddington said that 30 years after the legal wrangling with David Gilmore over the Floyd brand name and ultimately over who really was the driving force behind the band, Roger Waters is finally able to see himself 
within the bigger picture. He said, I interviewed Roger 10 years ago. I did a documentary about Sid Barrett, and it was the first time that David and Roger had been in anything together because they both have strong feelings about Sid, and Roger's feelings about Sid were so transparent. I mean, he was crying in the interview. Uh, so that surprised me, and I thought there was something going on. I think it's kind of uh, kind of got Roger to a place uh, where all this stuff has come together. He's in his 60s, and he's realized that actually, you know, this stuff wasn't necessarily all about him. So those things are out and available. And yeah, that's uh, that's one thing I, you know, I wonder, like a real deal, full patch where they... Back together again? I, you know, because we've seen a number of cases where things that we said that's never going to happen, happened. Yeah. You know, they could do it now and not be in the same room. You know, yeah, they yeah, could yeah. do it from across the pond or whatever and, and just... And they wouldn't even have to be next to each other. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's uh, music news. And now... Now, oh boy, I'm going to ask Kathy to give me a number caller for a secret text word. 21. Caller 21, we've got the case of Sly Fox Hellas Golden Logger. If you know the secret text word, 215-263-WMMR, call right now. And while we're taking a commercial break, we'll grab a random texture and give one away that way, too. So we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon. Hey, it's Marcus. Cancer won't stop and neither will we. Join myself and Team WMMR on Sunday, August 9th for the 48th annual ACS Bikeathon. This year we're going virtual. The pedal power to finish the ride against cancer may look different, but the mission remains the same. Each Team WMMR rider gets a free team t-shirt, registration and complete details at WMMR. And check out our custom Team WMMR apparel providers, Volet and Go Cycling. Team WMMR and the ACS Bikeathon, virtually unstoppable. The ACS Bikeathon, another way 933 WMMR is putting Philly first. We're going to do a, we're going to get a caller. We're not going to do our caller. We're going to get our caller. And uh, we're going to find out if uh, this caller is a winner. So it was caller number 21 we were looking for, and it's Mike. Yo, Mike! Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, buddy? Good. Monkey pick ass. Monkey pick ass, of course. Same to you. What In these is uncertain times. Our <laughs> secret text word today. Strawberry. Yeah, he's right. Yeah! Strawberry. Hang on just a second. We are going to give you a case of Hellas Golden Lager. This crowd-pleasing Local favor goes well with just about anything. A refined malt sweetness combined with gentle, noble hops. Sly Fox Hellas is now perfectly balanced and easy drinking. Outdoor dining is now available at all Sly Fox locations. And you can also order your favorite bites and brews for pickup at slyfoxbeer.com. And our random texter is Joss... Uh, jo- oh, no, I'm sorry. John Gows. G-A-U-S, I believe is how that is spelled. From... Uh, Orland, PA, and oh. uh, he's going to get the uh, the case as well. So congratulations to you, and thank you for texting in. We certainly do appreciate it. And thank you to Mr. Kevin Costner. Uh, a terrible phone connection, but still a nice conversation. He's a legend. He could have been Larry the Cable Guy. We couldn't tell. Yeah. Nope, nope. It was Kevin Costner. <laughs> it seemed like Kevin Costner. But he's pretty great, so <laughs> that was nice. I liked it. Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was a... a Every you could tell he he I mean he thought about each of your questions yeah yeah you know and it resonated with him uh, good questions a good conversation and you know what it's like though I go uh, and everybody hey Kevin Costner thank you good morning Kevin 
Morning, guys. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, man. Delay. No, it's nothing like that. It's oh. like, yeah, and then we got that. <laughs> not only delay, yeah. not only delay, but but a that bad. too. It's just it's the bane of uh, of, oh. of radio interviews or of telephone interviews. Right. So, but it is. What no, it I is. mean, it's wild that sometimes you can get the clearest telephone connection, and other times, um, not so much. Pierre, we talked to two women rowing across the Pacific Ocean towards Hawaii. Out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, you would have thought they were in the other room. It was so clear. <laughs> yep. And when then you that? get uh, this was what two years, years ago? ago? Yeah, yeah. Wow. They had a uh, they had a sat phone, satellite phone. Oh wow! Clear as could be, and then you get calls people in in Bryn Mawr, and it's like, oh my god, where are you? It's impossible to hear them. I don't understand cell phone technology yeah. with all the things a cell phone can do. Uh, how the signals still sound so bad so much of the time, but that's all right. Uh, these are the challenges of uh, these of are the my days life. Of life. <laughs> exactly, uh, and yeah, and that's why I, I'm uh, uh, joining IT. <laughs> yeah, I would love, I'd love to see you work in the IT department. That's it. I uh, they've asked me to come and oversee and help out, and uh, you know, help them with some wires here. You're and there. stepping up, man. Uh, stepping on up. I would love to see the floorboards ripped up and you wrapped around with the wires in your hair yep. and all that stuff. I could rip it apart just fine. Yeah, yeah. that's what they're hiring you for. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you want to do the letter? I do. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. You as in understanding. All right, I got it. And we have two more to go. Uh, so, we have a chance for you to win the Zeke. Round barbecue and fire pit kit from Landis Block. And Landis Block, you can start imagining your own backyard paradise by looking at the photo gallery online, and that is at LandisBC.com. So we'll give that away on Friday. Uh, what's in your magic bag of tricks today, Pierre? Well, thank you. I will have uh, workforce blocks of Rush, uh, Dropkick Murphys, and Audio Slate. Ooh. Oh, I forgot that was Yay. Rush. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can always Rush. get a nice big smile. He, no, he got. you should have seen his smile. It Really, you had an ear-to-ear grin. Yay. A very happy grin. And I, I like that you, you you do them fairly often. You do Rush blocks fairly often. Well, I they like should that. be done. I agree. Um, yeah. We, we see eye to eye on that. We sir. do. Excellent. Glasses to glasses. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by uh, Duncan. Visit uh, DuncanCoffeeBreak.com and send your dad a Duncan E gift card today. Also brought to you by Hers, the official snack food of summer, and by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors. Tomorrow's program. Uh, we got some good stuff going on. Oh. Uh, we have Harry Connick Jr. on the show. The Harry Connick Jr. Yep. And Jim Gardner is going to be on the program wow. tomorrow. Awesome. You know what they're doing? NBC. Tomorrow night at 8, at 8 o'clock, they're doing an hour-long special about the uh, 6 ABC News. The and, history. And the history. Oh, really? That's yeah. why we're wow. going to talk to him. Yeah. Oh, it's going cool. to be pretty solid. Uh, is that it? Anything else? Uh, I watched that Rush video of... Uh, uh, Spirit of Radio. It was great. Oh, isn't it great? Yeah, it really it yeah, was it's great. Yeah, it's an animation video that they made for the song and Spirit a, of Radio. A celebration of the radio people that got them to where they are, yes. right? And I really appreciate that. That's cool. Nice. Glad you like that. Uh, so that's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The Breston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. I drive a dump truck. I miss COVID traffic.
Next message. Casey boy, you don't like people having instant access to you to talk shit. Bro, I will smack the out of them talk on you. You're awesome. You guys are all awesome. I'll throw down. Next message. I spilled my coffee over my mouth pad. Boy, you can suck it. No sad, bro. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.